And after a week of lengthy negotiations and heated deliberation, our official first round draft pick goes to the Salts of the Streets podcast. <laughs> this is Saturday, September 1st, episode 29, 1.44 p.m. Go Ducks. Go t- yeah, well, yeah, sure. I'll give him that. Welcome back, everybody, to the Salt of the Streets podcast. Your one and only source for social and political commentary on weekly news, pop culture, and sports built from the ground up for you and me and him, the everyday normal person. Join us as we discuss life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, and continue our endless efforts to bridge the gap between people and information. As always, we are your hosts. I'm Colin. I'm Donovan. And coming up on this week's show, we're going to be starting off actually with a listener request and taking a look into the heavily underreported and, you know, kind of forgotten war that is the situation in Yemen. Uh, From there, we're going to be talking about the late John McCain, who actually passed away last week while we were like as soon as we finished recording the show. Yes. Moments later. Yeah. Which was really sad, especially because we had just talked about that. That was like what we closed on, I think. Yeah. It was like, was watch out for John McCain because we just heard shit's going downhill. Yeah, it's no bueno. But then after that, we'll, uh, we're will we going to be talking about uh, some of the latest and greatest trade talk coming out of NAFTA and some some stuff that happened on Friday um, yes. to kind of might have changed stuff, the situation. Some stuff that didn't happen on Friday, really. It didn't. Really happened on you know Friday. Boom. Look at that. <laughs> but of course, before we dive into the heavy stuff, just a reminder to take a second to rate the show on whatever platform you're listening to us on right now, whether it's SoundCloud, Stitcher, or iTunes, Apple Podcasts. If you like what we're doing and want to help us out, all you got to do is give us a rating and a review. Takes like five seconds. Five stars. Five stars all around. It would uh, greatly help out the show, and we'd love you forever. Follow us on Twitter at... Well, I guess we both have. I, I screwed that one up. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram at Salt of the Streets. Give us a like on Facebook at Salt of the Streets, and follow us on Twitter. I am at Big Bird Offie, and on Instagram too. Yes, and I am at Salt of the Street on Twitter, and on Instagram I am Alpaca underscore Donovan. Alpaca like the animal. Um, like like the we animal. We went over that before when Morgan was here. <laughs> yes, uh, we did. We got the backstory behind that. Yeah, make sure you spell my fucking name right, or else you won't find it. It's two A's, not two O's. So. Don Avan. Don Avan, yep. Don Avan. I had a fifth grade teacher who would say Don Avan, like a van named Don. <laughs> Horrible. He used what? to make the worst old man jokes ever. But that is a bad his, one. His name was Mr. Weatherby. Usually I like those kind of jokes, but that that's just rough. That one's just bad. It, and it was all year like that. All year like that. Don a van? Yeah. yeah oh, God, shut up, dude. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, and actually, this week, you uh, if you missed the live stream, we went uh, back and did another live stream for the pre-show. Pre-show. And so if you missed that, uh, look for that also to drop on Tuesday. On the Yeah, so tomorrow, if you're listening on Monday. Um, and you'll be able to find those at... Our YouTube channel, Salt of the Streets. Check Salt it out. Streets. Subscribe and click that notifications button to make sure that you receive a new video as soon as they come out. Yes. And I think with that, we'll just kind of... Uh, we didn't talk about uh, our weeks on the pre-show. Let's do it. Let's Real quick. Let's catch up. What did I do? Yep. Tell me. 
Uh, I worked. Broke a rubber band? I just broke a rubber band. <laughs> snapped it in my hand. I got a, like a real finicky problem sometimes. I got to like play with stuff. Just tie it together. Yeah. I'll just do that later. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, uh, yeah, this week was pretty chill for me. I didn't really have anything eventful happen. It's just kind of a, uh, you know, good solid work week. It's uh, Labor Day weekend right now. Yes. Ended up being off on Friday, which was pretty sweet. What? Yeah, I got lots of, uh, got lot, lots of work done, got lots of uh, video game hours in, there took a go. nice chill Friday, man. It was nice. That's awesome. That was I think the highlight of my week. I'm really proud of you. I hope my wife doesn't disagree with me. Mm. I don't. I don't know if I missed something. <laughs> no, you need time to just chill the fuck out. Yeah, it was good. I got a new game uh, on Steam, and What'd it's called. Uh, oh, what's it called? Fully, but it's a new Jurassic World game. Oh shit! It's kind of fun. You just sit there and like uh, you manage these parks and build these parks and. Pretty cool stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, I got a lot of hours invested in that already. <laughs> like Roller Coaster Tycoon? Similar-ish. Yeah. Or more like, I was like uh, yeah, I StarCraft? Uh, no. Kind of, no. No, it's not like StarCraft. No, you're not no. battling other dinosaur. Uh, no, but you can. You can, uh, like if you build like a, a pen, a paddock or whatever, and then you can just basically spawn whatever dinosaur you want that you've fight. researched. And so, yeah, if you, like, spawn, like, a T-Rex or, like, some raptors yeah. and then spawn little, you know, some little, like, uh, I don't even know what they're called, but some tiny little bird-like dinosaur that is an herbivore, <laughs> you know, that usually travels in packs. Just put him out there all by himself. Yeah. A T-Rex will come in, just chomp him. He's dead, just like that. That's crazy. Or the raptors will get him. Yeah, that's, that's pretty crazy. Much. But, yeah, that's pretty much it. Been chilling, doing a lot of research on the Yemens, um, especially... For this uh, user request or the listener request, yes. So I want to make sure it, it's. I just didn't know that much about it, and I think even now, I still hardly know that much about it. It's it's so gray. It's a big you know, topic. It's a really big topic, and there's Shut so up, many peace. different things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was it. Was nice to be able to like just start learning some stuff about that whole situation this week. Yeah. What about you, Big D? Uh, we went out to dinner with Jordan's dad. I had some fucking street tacos. Mm. That was delicious. Um, Jordan had a chimichanga. Chimichanga? Shout out Big Kev. Uh, not Baby Kev. Well, shout out to Baby Kev too, <laughs> but uh, Big Kev because he's the one who bought dinner. Um, we watched movies and um, Ooh. it was nice. We'll go over the movies because I got movies we watched. We'll go over that in uh, pop culture today. Yeah. Because I want to talk about some of the movies I watched. Yes. Um, and then... Yesterday, we went out to dinner for for Nana Barb's birthday. I wasn't sure what I was going to call her, so that's why that's why I said that. Um, but Nana Barb's birthday, so shout out Nana Barb. Uh, went to the airport diner, had some delicious food. We do a lot of eating. It's, it's bad mm. out here, dude. It's bad. Um, so I worked out several times this week also because we fucking eat constantly. Um, and it's, that's good. I told you, that's the key. Not the key, but that's how... That's how people gain the same weight as their pregnant wives, is they eat all of the time with their wife. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, really hard to not do that because she's eating, like, 20 minutes after we have a meal, which is totally Oof. reasonable. Yeah. It's the right thing to be doing, but not for somebody who's not pregnant. Yeah, I'm thinking so on the outside. That's going to be like, oh, okay, let's do this. I know. Just one little bit. I said, you know, it's, it is, shit is simple. It's like, she's like, well, I'm going to have a bowl of cereal. And you're like, I... 
I couldn't even imagine eating anything else right now. Or she's going to make something, make something in the oven. Or like a hot dog is a good example. You know, she's like, I'm going to have a hot dog. So do you want a hot dog? And you're like, fuck. Like I just <laughs> had dinner. I'm like, but a hot dog sounds delicious. Like that yeah. does sound great. Like, yeah, I was going to say like, cause right now you've said cereal and hot dogs and I've been on. Yeah. No, I can always have time for those. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> that's a problem. Right. So it's a rough life. Um, but, but that's it. And then I, we watched some other stuff. And uh, then I did, of course, research on Yemen, uh, a little bit on trade and stuff like that. So got, got prepared for the show. Um, and that's it. Trenton bought a house. Shout out fucking T. Paggy. Congrats, um, brother. Yeah, that's really cool. Super proud of him. So we're going to go and probably kick into his house later today. And nice. I have a really special present for him. It's a really cool. The first picture that he put up was... Three pictures of him and I, like for my senior pictures, that my mom wanted some of us together. So we went to like a soccer field and we both wore jerseys. Like he wore a soccer jersey and I wore a football jersey. And we, I don't know, my mom's a weird lady. So all different shit that she thought of, you know. So one where we're like doing this and then like one where Trenton's on my shoulders and all kinds of stuff. That's so funny. It was cool. Yeah, that's the yeah, first we made time. a heart. We made a heart like this. Oh. That's the other one. That's the third one. Yeah, it's. It's really funny. It's a it's a dope set of pictures. I'll take a picture. Oh, I have it. Oh god, that's so funny. Yeah, screen cap. Yeah, uh, that'll find its way to the Instagram at some point. Oh, I sure <laughs> will now that I've thought about that. That's hilarious. Yeah. That was the first time I ever met Trenton too. Oh, was it the draft? Oh, that is just adorable. Great. Go ahead and pass that over there. Yep. That's that is great. too funny. Yeah, those are from my senior pictures. That's the jersey that Jordan is wearing right now. Actually, very nice. Yeah, I did not. Uh, You've never described Trenton to me. Was he not at all what you expected him to be? I I had no expectations whatsoever. You had no but, racial expectations. Of my and best I, this friend. is going to sound <laughs> well. No, I I was. I'm thinking more of. A, and this is going to sound kind of a weirdly hypocritical. Um, he's so much smaller than you. Yes. You're a big guy. You know, and he's so tiny. Yes. <laughs> compared to you, I was like, oh, that's hilarious. It reminds me of, uh, you know. Carolina and I, because she's so tiny. Yeah, it's it's always been that way. Um, That's pretty funny. I mean, because I've I've always been big. That's for whatever age group I was in at the time, um, especially when we were in like ninth grade. You know, I was definitely one of the biggest kids then because I, excuse me, started to grow early, um, and then I also grew a lot between like tenth and eleventh grade. So mm-hmm. I went from like five ten, five eleven to. Six six one or six two, you know, like almost as tall as I am now. So I was just shot up there. Yeah, not not one of the like I was one of the bigger kids in high school, but not the same as in junior high. Because when you're in high school, some kids are fucking giant. So there yeah. was way more kids that were bigger than me in high school than there were in junior high. They get those real like uh, Dwayne Johnson looking motherfuckers sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. motherfuckers. Wow, like eighteen and have a full beard. You know that yep. like. That's crazy. I'm 23. I still cannot grow a beard. So I know the kids <laughs> that could do it when we were in high school. Shout out to all of you guys. Um, yeah, it's that's so funny. Yes, because I remember in at least when I went to high school, the one or two people that actually had like facial hair and stuff, like it was, they were like looked down upon, and then and like <laughs> oh you know that's weird. Was that big hairy motherfucker already? Like what's up? What's up with that? That's really funny. And now you get a bunch of people now that you know I'm 31, and there's a bunch of people are like, man, I'm 25, and I just can't grow facial hair. And yeah, like the whole mentality behind facial hair is totally different as well, an adult. I don't even know if I could grow a beard that I would, you know, but. 
like I would at least sometimes, but like I don't think that I would like have a beard all the time. Like I don't think that that's how I would live my life. Like mm-hmm. I would be, I think, much more of like a like a five o'clock shadow type of guy. Like just shave it like really close to yeah. whatever you know. But but I also don't know because my facial hair is so much lighter than the hair on my head that is it. Oh, you'll see November because I do the November thing. So <gasps> that's right. So my mustache is like. It's, it's like, way closer to the color of Jordan's hair than my hair. Yeah. It's more of like a, a brown. And there's lots of red and orange in there. Um, it's all bad news. So, um, <laughs> Just a uh, funfetti beard. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, so you shouldn't have any grays in there yet. So I assume that that is what all of my facial hair would look like if I were to grow a beard. Mm-hmm. I think that it probably would all be that color, which would look really strange. Man, to have a I, beard that color and my hair this color. And this. I want this to happen, man. I'm not going to lie. I want this to happen. I think one it sounds day, fun. <laughs> my, my dad can't grow a beard, but my grandpa had like a sick, nasty beard. And that's where my grandpa on my mom's side. And that's where you're supposed to get like your hair pattern from. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I also don't have like chest hair or back hair or anything. So I don't know. You know, I but I fur pants. Jordan, my legs are like so hairy that Jordan calls them fur pants. Like, uh, like from from <laughs> feet like all the way to hip. It's like, straight werewolf. Oh yeah, it's super real. Uh, <laughs> the, yeah, so that's just. Oh. So, hey, some people are like that, man. Yeah. So that's great for me. You got a little Italian in you. Um, what's that? Yeah, you you got some Italian in you, right? Um, or Spanish? No, yeah, I'm Hispanic, uh, and then I have some Baltic. Um, oh, there like it is. Eight percent Baltic or something like that. That's what it is, um, and that's where that the uh, the eyebrows I think is a lot where those come from. You have very strong eyebrows. Very They're strong. Dominant um, <laughs> is what they are. That when I watch when I watch the video from the podcast, I'm just like Jesus Christ! Like my really eyebrows. Oh yes, that's oh, fine. Yeah. I've they, never really noticed before. We talk about it pretty consistently. Um, just because of that, that when I see pictures of myself or videos of myself, I instantly notice like my eyebrows and like my nose, you know, and it's, I'm not by any means ashamed of them, but it's just a thing that I noticed first. That's funny. Um, and so I know that it's a, it's a commanding feature. <laughs> Jordan says that they're leadership qualities. Like that's what they are. So, there you go. Obviously makes me feel better about it, but <laughs> I like that leadership qualities. She's also my wife and has to make me feel good. So, <laughs> you know. that's so funny oh man so um yeah let's just jump into yemen yeah yemen oh by the way we we've we were missing and we didn't talk about fantasy draft but that's probably just because we're going to talk about it during sports today yes last weekend was the fantasy draft Um, yeah after after the podcast it was there it was a 14 teamer but not everybody was there most people were there um but we will go over our teams uh, not the draft itself, because I threw away the draft board, didn't take a picture, but we'll go over our teams um, and oh, yeah. um, talk about some matchups. We don't want people to feel bad for us by looking, you know, knowing how good the other team's drafts are. I mean, well, in, in I don't, our, you know, mine's going to be bad enough. I, you know, I don't want uh, people to <laughs> just automatically assume that I don't know how to draft because well, I don't. Our draft has, like, our league has so many different types of people in it that yes, true. Um, it is not. Like the the standard group of fantasy players, so it's always a very very different draft. Than, yeah. Like if you do a mock draft, our draft is going to be way fucking different than that. You know. Uh, yeah. Like my mom is in the league, and there's like just I mean like you like you didn't watch really very much football at all last year, but like no, you're in the league. I was flying and so, blind. Exactly. So, but I get a nice updated, you know, 
I get to I have a good sense of what's going on because of you. Yes. Take care of that sports every week. Yes. So Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, it, yeah. So it's a. But it's we, yeah, a, we'll we'll talk about that after uh, in the usual sports segment. Yes. So, would you like to uh, read us in on where we're going to start with this Yemen situation? All right. Let me see here. You think you got that? Yeah, I think I can handle that. I'm just I'm looking for a specific date here um, because I think that uh, Yemen's conflict began in 2014, right? That, at least as per this article that I have here, around that time, late 2014 or late 2013, 2014. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen everything because it's hard to even nail down where it starts. Yes. But yeah, that's I've seen numbers between 11 and 15. Words. And I think so, some of those, there's a bunch of different things that happened that different people kind of mark as their beginning. Yes. But it, you know, everybody's got an opinion on it. So this particular beginning that I, from at least this article that I have here from the New York Times, right, um, refers to 2014 when Houthi rebels that are aligned with Iran went into the capital of Sana and they kicked everybody out who was in the government and took control of it. So that's this particular start date that is, that is used here. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's as far back as I went particularly. But if you have something else before that, what do you have that – like do you have anything up there that happened in 2011 that's used as an example or that's just one of the dates that you see? Well, I had a – yeah, I had an article from the BBC, but I decided not to use it just for that because most of the articles I came across, I really focused on the after – 2015 yeah situation um but yeah it's essentially that's kind of the general gist is a you know a legitimate government political transfer of power that occurred Mm -hmm. um didn't happen peacefully and then Mm we've just spiraled out of control out you know since then and it's kind of become more of a civil war type situation Yes. Uh, kind of um, mixed in with proxy wars and yeah, it's it was a whole the, messy thing. But that's kind that, of it. Uh, yeah. After that, in March of 2015, uh, that Saudi Arabia put together uh, like a coalition force. Yes. Uh, between different different groups in the Middle yeah. East. Uh, March is, 2015. Yes. Yep. March 2015. Um, that is partially funded um, by the United States. Um, yeah, that and the will, UK. Yes, and that will go over uh, just a little bit later. Um, but so Saudi Arabia, who it is important to note, is pretty much the main rival of Iran, uh, which is who the Houthi forces are backed by, right? Those are the people that invaded the city and took over the government. Uh, they are yeah. backed by Iran. Because uh, originally, I think we should just step back for a minute. Yes. Originally, it was essentially separatists or rebels that aligned with the former authoritarian, some called dictator um, leader, who was then democratically, quote unquote, or legitly thrown out of office. And yeah. then the new guy was coming in. Um, and, but he ended up dying. And so, but for whatever reason, this, these separatist movements who are backed by Iranian interests continue to fight. And the in Saudis fight against in, them, and in those ideals, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's so, but even though like it's he's become like their martyr, yes, for it. But they're still, yeah. It's essentially like a uh, a political. They see it as a political coup from yeah. their side. Um, and so since then, since 2015, when that coalition force was created and mm-hmm. was sent in to start fighting these people in Yemen, um, 
It's a Saudi-led coalition force, right? So since then, there has been, I mean, numerous, numerous attacks. Uh, I mean, just, just airstrikes and stuff like that that either intentionally or non-intentionally take out huge numbers of civilians. I mean, it's yeah, been it's uh, weddings. Pretty indiscriminate. And, yeah, weddings and at markets. And just recently there was an attack. And this is, I believe, the event that participate that precipitated that nice precipitated very good uh, marquise's question about this right okay um was when the bus was hit in the airstrike and there yes was, uh, i don't know i don't have the have there was the, a the number of there. of children and yes. i think i want to say it was like 14 children 10 oh, adults or something like that more than that it, yeah well yeah i would imagine a full bus yes but yeah, a bus full of kids and essentially teachers and chaperones or whatever uh, were one of the latest uh, people that got hit. Yeah, this is dozens. Dozens. Um, this article here, this is from August 9th. Um, and so this says, quote, uh, an airstrike from the Saudi-led coalition struck a school bus in northern Yemen on Thursday and killed dozens of people, many of them children. Oh, so dozens of people, many of them. So mm-hmm. um, Still. Yes. I mean, either way. Um, like you said, so let's see, at least 29 of those killed were children under the age of 15. Yeah. Um, and after that, 48 people were wounded and 30 of those were children. Um, and so one of the other articles that I've read here, right, because we had sent that a fair amount of this, um, or at least part of this is funded by the United States, right? Yes. Um, and that is in the way of... Certainly, the biggest and most recent example that you can come up with is an arms deal that was sound that was signed by the current Trump administration. Uh, do you have up there how many six hundred and seventy million dollars worth of arms deal, you know, plans or whatever it was? That agreement. Yeah. That's just just in the Trump administration, just since he's been in office. Yeah, and that's, the Obama administration had done a very similar thing. Yes. I think it was even bigger than that, but yeah. I don't think it, the numbers don't really matter. But no, well, and, and, I mean, he was we've in, been doing it for more time than two years, so there's yeah. you know, much more time for that to accumulate eight years over yeah. a year and a half or whatever. But um, to me, it's just we have literally been financing this war almost directly. Yes. And, yes. and so that, I think, by definition, makes it, a proxy war yes. for us. Um, and one of the biggest concerns I had kind of hinted at this in the pre-show, um, but that this shows to me a lot of parallels with other wars that have already happened, right? Yeah, you it's, were making the Vietnam yes. um, And so reference. what I'm talking about, Vietnam, I think, is a good example. Um, I think that the Afghanistan and Iraq wars are a good example, right, of just things that that I can see very similar events happen, right? So before before America entered the Vietnam War, right, yes. we provided weapons to at what that time was called the Viet Minh, right? yes. which turned into the Viet Cong. That was the original force led by Ho Chi Minh, right? So we provided them weapons and guidance from the Green Berets to try and help them fight back the communist forces that were going on so as to just kind of keep the peace there, mm-hmm. right? Well, because this was when we were engaged in that, that I forget the, the wording for it, but they wanted to s- stop the spread of communism. Exactly. Yes. Um, and, then, and then later, uh, the Viet Minh, like I said, which turned into the Viet Cong, used those very same weapons 
to fight against America when we were then backing South Vietnam yep. and trying to combat communism. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because at that time, the Viet Minh, while they were while they were interested in communism, were really trying to fight the main communist force that was coming through through North Vietnam. Uh, but that's that's a whole bigger deal, right? So that, like I said, then they used those weapons to fight Americans when we were backing South Vietnam, right? Mm-hmm. The other parallel that I saw was in the 80s when we provided weapons to the Afghanis and they used that to fight the Russians. And yep. then later we went back to Afghanistan and they used those very same weapons to attack us. And still are today. Right? And still are to this day. Yep. So it seems like... I know that history repeats itself, right? But it seems like it was recent enough, those two things, that if I if I can see those... Why can the people in the administration right now not see that? You know, that this, and I'm not saying that that's guaranteed to happen, but if this, if this goes on, right, where the Saudis are, are continuing to do these indiscriminate airstrikes, we have to do something, right? America looks, or people look to America to handle humanitarian crises. At some point, we will have to intervene in Yemen because that's what people expect of America, right? So at that point, we are then fighting the Saudi Arabians with the weapons that we've already provided them because we now have to fight in the interest of Yemen just well, so as to give them their independence. But that's if we were to do that. I don't think we would ever actually, just because Saudi Arabia is our one ally in the region, we're not going to turn against them. I think if anything, we would it would be more of a boots on the ground in Iran who is essentially the proxy force that we're fighting there. That would be my guess, because the Iranians are somebody that we have an excuse. If you're that type of, say, neocon that Mm -hmm. thinks that way, um, I think it it was a very similar situation in Iraq. Um, But that's that's what my guess would be. I don't see us ever necessarily going against... The Saudis, because they would they would try to spin it in the direction that, well, the only reason these airstrikes are going on is because the Iranian-led forces are, you know, they're staking out in hospitals and and schools, and so we can't fight back. And so then the Saudis do it because that's just what they do. They don't have any, you know, they don't have any qualms about that kind of stuff. So but if the Iranian forces weren't doing that, then. You know, then we, you know, I don't know that I could see it going that way. And I got a hard time. If it goes that way. I have a hard time seeing us getting into a a boots on the ground war with another nuclear nation where we still don't even have a solid agreement with them right now about what we're doing. Well, that's what what I still don't think it'll happen. And not only that, but then you have to think about the situation that who is allied with Iran? Russia. Yeah. This is why this... And I think that's and why that's why we're know, just literally turning the other cheek right now, because it due to alliance ties. Yeah, this could cause some very serious problems. And if you don't take the, you know, you know, that's not our problem to deal with. Saudi Arabia is an extremely rich nation, um, at least in the the leadership and the people that you know have all the power. Um, and so they, I think they're very capable of waging a war. That just the problem is, is that they fight differently than we do. They're not afraid to drop bombs on schools and, and you know. But I, I don't know how long the public, especially with, like I said, with this renewed attention on it, I don't know how long the public will stand for the administration to continue to back something like that. And that's yeah. why I feel like the arms deal is already done. 
Yeah. The Saudis already have it. Like it's too late. We can stop it where it is now, but they've already received X amount of the of those weapons, if not all of it. Yeah. Know? So I mean, I understand point, that the right thing to do would be, I mean, to right now, just stop, cut it off completely. But but that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. That's why. That's why I. That's why I come to the point where I think we would. The next logical step, because the only thing at this point of stopping that agreement would be not getting that money from Saudi Arabia. Because mm-hmm. there's no way that they gave us $670 million straight up, right? It comes over time. But we probably presented those weapons pretty fucking quickly, you know? I'm pretty like sure. Said, they've got most of them. They were probably them shipped and ready to go. So, so the only thing we would do by stopping that agreement is would be denying ourselves money that is owed to us by another country, right? Which we can't do because we need that money, right? <laughs> so, I mean, the only thing I could see because I don't personally see us getting into a boots on the ground war with Iran, especially with no agreement being done with them being backed by Russia. Cause at that same point, then he's, then the administration is also turning its back on Russia, which it just had this big summit with and tried to be all nice and fucking yeah. kind with, you know? And so I, I don't know how we can get involved in Iran, right? Um, I mean, I don't so, think we so will. I, I That's also, the thing. Like, I, I don't see it happening. So because there think, is, if, I, I truly think that if you're in a situation where the United States of America actually has an active military presence on that Arabian Peninsula somewhere, I think you will be looking at, I mean, the, the geopolitical implications are yeah. catastrophic. You're talking World War III level well, events. And, and I don't think anybody's going to do that. No. And that's, I think, part of the reason why, one, it's not being reported. Because the only people... Vice actually had a good piece on it uh, rather recently. I, I, I li- actually listened to a, an episode of Pod Save the World. Um and they just basically they interviewed oh I can't remember her name she's one of the badass uh, you know war correspondents on Vice and she did a, a good piece for that Isabella Young yes I think it was her yeah uh, and it was actually a pretty good interview yeah uh, but uh, every now and again you get you get something decent from those, so those crooked think, media so do you think that it's more likely then that we would provide money or weapons on the sneak to a small faction inside of Yemen, like not backed by Iran, but somebody also not on the team of the Saudis, right? Because this, the group of people that are working with the Saudis right now are doing their best to keep this deal arm's length. Yeah. Right? That we only have X amount to do with what's going on here. You know, if we've requested all the information that we can get. We've asked them for how they decide the precision of these airstrikes right we've asked them for all these things and we've not been provided them we've offered to help them figure out how to be more precise and they have turned us down or they've listened and just not done it right so that's why i come to this point where eventually especially like i said with this renewed attention the public will expect something to be done Mm -hmm. you know and so with all those things do you think that the most likely thing is like i said to do a Vietnam style shit where we arm what would be the equivalent of the Viet Minh inside of Yemen. So as for them to fight somewhat alongside of the Saudi coalition to get, yeah, I think, I think to get what, I think what would Yemen. happen would be we would essentially step up 
from a third party role as kind of an observer observer obs- oh my god observer, observer. Mm-hmm. always happens once per show <laughs> and uh i think we would essentially take control of combat operations in the coalition like which yeah i don't think we cover it but the the gulf cooperation council states um with the exception of Amman. So the, the whole coalition that's there right now, when we keep talking about the coalition forces. Saudi coalition. It's, yeah, it's Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, the United Arab Emirates, Qatar, Bahrain, Egypt, Sudan. And they are backed by the United States and the UK. There you so go. this is who we're talking about. Yes. So essentially, I would imagine the United States and the UK stepping up and taking over combat control of operations. It's, you know, basically having to sideline the Saudi leadership and say, no, you guys screwed this up enough. We have to take over from now. And that way we ourselves could be accountable for what we're doing. And essentially we just be there fighting against, um, I don't think, you know, the Iranian tension might heat up a little bit, but that's already going to happen anyways with the, with the nuclear situation. But I don't see anything really terrible terrible happening there it could but i don't know let me draw another parallel for you we're getting it's in it's it's a tight spot let me draw another historical parallel from you just from what you said there from us taking charge of the army of like of the military operations but not having actual boots on the ground besides just commanders and advisors right yeah so before america had boots on the ground in vietnam no. I swear to God. That makes sense. We had advisors and we had teachers there that were leading what at that time was called the Arvin Forces of Southern Vietnam. Nice. I swear to God. Don't remember what that's what that stands for, but on Tuesday, motherfucking fact check, I will have that, right? Because swear to God, that's exactly what happened. That makes After sense. We provided weapons to the Viet Minh, right? The Viet the Viet Minh turns into the Viet Cong. And they're fighting on the side of the North Vietnamese, which is backed by China and backed by the Soviet Union, right? Uh-huh. So then we have to be on the team of Southern Vietnam to fight communism, and that is the Arvin Forces. Makes sense. So we are advising people and providing helicopters and, and weapons for them to use, but we don't have boots on the ground there. We don't have soldiers there. Did the we same got- similar thing um, before... At the very beginning, I guess, or right before uh, World War II in oh, China sure. with the uh, the Kachins up in the hills. Um, the great Frank Sinatra movie about that. It's fantastic. Never so few. It's not really about that, that, but it takes I don't place. Know that. I don't know that personally, but, that's, it was, but I certainly trust you. I mean, it was military forces, but this essentially was the beginning of the OSS. Yes, and that's and so. Yeah, and this was, and that right? was all about the the build up to I think what later became Korea, yes. right? Because we're we're talking uh, issues with China with Chiang Kai Shek and all that, you know, yeah. all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what. Um, so like I said, that's it was in the fifties that Green Berets went with weapons to to teach the Viet Minh. And then it was yep. in the late 50s, you know, uh, the early 60s that we were there with advisors with the Arvin forces in southern Vietnam. And then... And then Gulf of Tonkin. Yes. Yeah. Not long after that, Gulf of Tonkin. And then we had, I mean, hun- at, at the height, hundreds of thousands of soldiers there. You know, that it's stupid. So... Yeah. It's, and it's... That Vietnam Memorial is big. Like I said, it is shit like that that I'm able to... Like I said, draw those parallels to be able to connect those dots between those two events. And that makes me nervous, you know, and I don't like the 
the increase of military spending, you know, I don't like the talk of the making of the new Space Force because to me the Space Force is nothing but a justification for an increase in military spending. That's it, right? Because if you're going to keep adding more and more and more money, but we're not in a war, you know, we're trying to get out of the wars. We're trying to get away from this. We have to justify somehow spending more money every year on the military. Yeah. You, know, you do that by creating a sixth branch because now you got to put new people in it. You got to buy all this new equipment. You got all this new industry that you have to make because now we're going to space, you know, and we're doing <laughs> a military style, not fuck NASA, you know, fuck Elon Musk. We're not doing it that way. We're doing a military style. We're doing it America style, you know? So it's, I mean, that's, that's exactly what's going to happen yeah. is all that money just goes to new equipment and new shit, training people for that you could be trained somewhere else for half the cost. Yeah. Yeah. Now yeah. We're going to make up a new program. I'm not going to disagree with you, but. I will say this, that last week um, when Neil deGrasse Tyson was on Joe Rogan, he talked a little bit about that. And he made some interesting points about the fact that, you know, scientific and technological breakthrough are always generally right in line with the, you know, an action by a military, the military. And the two kind of go hand in hand. And... So I'm not going to say that I'm necessarily 100% opposed to something like a Space Force. I would suggest consolidating some of the best minds and stuff out of the existing branches to create a new one. And that way it'll cut your costs down significantly because you don't have to pay more people. You just get the same check. You're just in a different branch now. Well, and I don't know why... Because I, I definitely see that that is the case, that they generally do coincide. Yeah. But I don't necessarily think that they have to. No, no, right? no, no. It's just so kind I, of the I way it see, is. I don't see why you couldn't refund NASA, right, and just add another wing to it that is motherfuckers that are veterans that want to stay doing shit like that. So now come be in NASA and you can have a gun and tow it around in space. You know what I'm saying? And do all that here because we're going to go to other planets and we're going to keep investigating and, and exploring and doing all this shit. You know, why not just add another sec to NASA yeah. and give those motherfuckers their jobs back? I, th- I think a space force will be kind of mostly kind of a in-house R&D. R&D. Well, a lot of R&D, I think. I don't think it's going to be like space stations and shit. It's still going to be satellites, and they're going to be, be trying to weaponize shit like that. Yeah. There won't be any people hanging out Lasers. in space. Yeah. Dude. Lasers, bro. You got people hanging out, you know. I mean, just think about it. Japan you You put a, you know, you have a satellite array of ICBMs mm-hmm. loaded, orbiting four, five, six different spots around the world at all times you have the ultimate advantage like we don't need a fucking a space station up there with spaceships and all that shit we just need you got satellites with icbms on it and that that's very you're very capable of doing that right now i think that's what a space force if that's the way it went would look like at least for now in our lifetime and that's why i'm fucking terrifying that's why i feel like i don't see why that couldn't be done through nasa already totally could just refund nasa like i said just add that extra wing to it that even if it's not going to be dudes with guns toting around in space then it's missiles on a fucking satellite at you know yeah different points around the globe like, or if we can just make like nasa kind of head of the government and that way it would just look <laughs> like the federation from star trek <laughs> we just do that everything yeah. would be peace and science based a galactic senate like <laughs> 
was, I never appreciated that until I got older. And I'm like, yeah. that's fucking rad. Like, that's so sick. So, like, you watch those, the, uh, the prequels and they they have a couple scenes in the senate or whatever there's like thousands of senators just this would never work the no stage, wonder nothing ever gets the done stage floats down when yeah. they're gonna talk and they sit in the middle of everybody and that'd be that'd be pretty dope it's super cool we should do that so um that's yeah, anyways a, i mean that's pretty much where it is right now right because most of the talkings about it come from these airstrikes where civilians are just murdered essentially i mean mercilessly because um there is not enough discretion as to where the airstrikes are going to be they're not precise enough and um, yeah. that's kind of what i was talking about america is at a point where we can only offer so much help before like you said we have to step in and just take control and lead them you know um but i think that will i think that will happen um, because you can't necessarily again. Let's we got to look geopolitically again. Because any move that we make, we can't necessarily based off of. Well, we have to look at the consequences of what doing the right thing is. Yeah. Um, but I mean, we have the capability, and we do it all the time of of kind of running these, you know, black site wars, proxy wars all over the Middle East, and literally have you know boots on the ground in the name of special forces and stuff like that, CIA, yeah. stuff like that, that that run these proxy wars and have boots on the ground, but they're all ghosts. Like, none of them really exist, so we can actually have boots on the ground and fight these wars alongside rebels and coalition forces and stuff like that that nobody really knows that we're involved in. We kind of know that we are, but nobody can technically prove it. Well, I will... I, will I can see it, it doing that. I will call it right now from my own personal standpoint mm-hmm. that if America does any more than send money there, if we at any point have any military personnel there to advise, we will soon after have boots on the ground. This will turn into another war against Saudi people, Arabia or that's what I'm saying. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. But if we send advisors there, there will be boots on the ground there. It will turn into another war. It'll escalate. There are people that are the same age as us will be going there and dying for some senseless shit, just like they did in Vietnam, just like they did in Afghanistan. That's exactly what this will be. And I feel comfortable calling that right now, that if if it escalates past this point, that is what will happen. And I, this is not worth that. This fucking deal that has nothing to do with us, that has to do with the religion and sex that are 2,000 years older than America itself, mm-hmm. has nothing to do with us. Just like Vietnam had nothing to do with us. Just like Afghanistan had nothing to do with us. You know what I'm saying? It's When we went to Afghanistan, it's there to react to 9-11, which is how many of those people were from Saudi Arabia? I mean, if, if that's what we want to talk about, you know, our problem here is not with Yemen. Our problem is not with Afghanistan or Iraq. Our problem is with the Saudis. Because that's where the imams come from. That's where the extremists come from and go to other countries and radicalize people there that attack Americans, that turn into ISIS, that turn into all these different things. Like mm-hmm. that's where these people come from, and we are continuously giving them money. And now we're gonna, like I said, it, we will turn into boots on the ground. But do, do you think that with the change in leadership in Saudi America, uh, Saudi Arabia, with the new crown prince, do you think any of that? Do you think it's changed? Because he, I mean, he went, he cleaned a lot of people th- out of the house. I don't know. I think that maybe the government is, but that doesn't mean. That the majority of those people 
are not, yeah yeah that's still a hotbed for you know extremists I mean, and that's <clears throat> that's fine that maybe the the government plan won't be that but the government doesn't run all the churches you know what i'm saying i mean that's the yeah. church the church of islam the sect of it that is radicalized runs itself yeah they you know always do that's there's nothing you can do about that that has yeah. to do with leadership that's, well i mean and did you <clears> see <throat> I, I i got a map i'm going to link to all these articles um for one in the video, and uh, we'll see if we can link them in the podcast too, just yeah. to show what we were, we're looking at here. But I mean, I've seen, I'm looking at map from uh, it's the European Council for Foreign Affairs or Foreign Relations um, about the the Al Qaeda presence that's popped up yes. all throughout Yemen. Yes. And I mean, this we've seen this happen time and time again. And I think that right there would probably be our. That's that would be if we got boots in the ground. That would be our our indoor. Yeah, we would use that because I, I mean, yeah, because their presence is. I mean, I don't know if you could see that map, but you see all the red lines around there. You're talking two thirds, if not, yeah, I'd say about two thirds of the whole country has active Al Qaeda presence, and they have, and probably you know, pro- maybe a tenth of the country they have strong presences. And so it's, I mean, it's, that would be an excuse to get involved. Yeah. And the next thing you know, I so can see that happening. I have this article here from 2016 that I actually tweeted out to Marquise the other day. So you guys can definitely find it. But if it's requested, I will, I will certainly post it again. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that is about Saudi Arabia and a, a lot of the things that I just kind of outlined. Right. And one of the things they go, that they go over is that the people that we armed in the 80s to fight the Russians, right? When they got invited to the White House to meet with Reagan, those people that came here to meet with Reagan carry almost identical ideals to what Al Qaeda carries today. Yeah, that's you know what I'm saying. They, that was it's, the that's where Al Qaeda came from. This we spawned a, them just like we spawned ISIS. You know what I'm saying? This is a problem. Like it's I, poor I don't foreign see policy. This is this is not good. This, no. That is why I feel so comfortable drawing those parallels between the Vietnam War and between the Afghanistan yeah. War. Yeah, this is the same fucking thing. Because you told you told me that before we we started the show, and I yes. I was I said okay, I can kind of see some similarities, but you've kind of laid out a pretty it's, good fucking I case mean, for it. Identical dog, and so I just don't. That's why I feel so confident making such a bold statement that if we have. Any more than money going into Saudi Arabia, we will have boots on the ground and people will die for no reason. Mm-hmm. For something that has nothing to do with us. Now, so let's – I I think I agree with you on that. So let's do this kind of to close this one out. Let me ask you a question. Yes. Anything. Anything for you, Colin. What do – you are the – we'll just say Secretary of State. Words. What are you going to, to – advise the president to do what is america's move in this situation do you denounce the saudis and withdraw all support and just say we're going to focus on humanitarian aid i mean if because as soon as you back it seems like it's something that is in line with what president trump's ideals are Right, that just letting so this thing happen. Concerned about us being involved in other places all the oh, time, and we like need to a, be America first, and we need to do all of this stuff. This the, is not in America's best interest. Like a that is what I would isolationist 
yes, policy this, for this situation. All this is going to do, I would tell him exactly what I just told you. That, sir, I can draw parallels to the Vietnam War, to, I mean, to LBJ, to JFK, to Nixon, to all these people that, I mean, to, to H.W. Bush, to George W. Bush, to Barack Obama, to all these people that were just in office during all of these conflicts. Is that something you want where you are campaigning on the idea of bringing our boys home? You know, no more people in in the Middle East because we don't need that anymore. We don't need to be there. Yeah, he would lose a lot of support from his his Trumpians. Yes, if you because that's exactly who's going. That's exactly who's going. Those people, their kids are who's going. You really want to do that? And that's what I would say. If you want to win, if you want to have any chance of succeeding in the next election in two years... You, you got to stop this. You can't sign any more weapons deals with the Saudis. You can buy oil if that's what you're going to do. Still deal with, you know, the UAE and, and the oil system there because that's what you got to do to deal with natural gas and shit. But that's you, you got to stop this. Get out of this proxy war. Yeah. No, it's it's not going to lead us. Like I said, it's not going to lead us anywhere other than a, another war in the Middle East that is not can be justified by al-qaeda being there that oh you know we got to stop the spread of terrorism like we got to continue the war on terror in yemen because this is where it's at al-qaeda is there islamic forces are there islamic state is there that's what we need to fight islamists in yemen and that's why i'm authorizing twenty thousand soldiers going over to the middle east with the saudi coalition to be able to go in there and fuck these guys up you know now i wonder i'd be interested to see if let's say he he did that, became rah rah war all of a sudden, and how many With John Bolton in there? You know, or that's what his name is, right? John, John Bolton? Bolton. Yeah, I think that's his name. I think so. So I know it's Bolton. Yeah, we'll just say Bolton's in there. Mm-hmm. I think it's John Bolton. It's either that or that's an actor. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but Mattis the, is, yeah, Mattis is more level headed, I think. But yeah, uh, I mean, Bolton is obviously a hawk. You know, obviously. That's so yeah, he kind of always has been. Always we talked about been. him when he got appointed. Or, so, you know, got, yeah, you can call that appointed. Yeah. Because that's not a confirmation job. He's just nope, got the just job. Straight appointed. Yeah. So, um, that Marquise is, uh, I think, it's for you. Do you have anything else on that? Um, no, I mean, not really. It's the only other aspect of this that is really, really, which we just didn't necessarily get into. And honestly, with the John McCain funeral going on today, I don't really feel like dealing with this kind of depressing crap. But we'll just say the humanitarian fallout. Oh. Um, it'll be in the articles that we link uh, below in the video or uh, on the podcast. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the numbers are just terrible, man. It is and, you know, we're cutting off. There's a, there's a port that's been cut off and, like, all this stuff. So you're looking at an insane amount of people possibly going into starvation by – essentially a man-made famine this article is from august 28th um and this says that the conflict has resulted in 16,700 casualties including 6,475 civilians and this is the only ones that's like ones that we kind of know about or guess that's what we know about the situation is so bad that nobody can actually get an accurate count yeah i mean you're finding the the rebels there are doing the or i guess the the separatists, whatever you want to call them, the Houthi. Yeah, the um, Houthi rebels. Um, in the mass graves that they're doing, they bu- they build these shallow mass graves, and then they put mines in them. So when people st- try to recover bodies... More people die. It's terrible, dude. Yeah. Terrible stuff. 
Yeah. So I don't so, feel like talking about that. So, Marquise, uh, if you have any other questions, if anybody out there has wants to know where we got this information, if you question anything that we have, we will tweet this article to you. We will send you the article. We will do whatever you want. Uh, Absolutely. Marquise, if there's – to you specifically, Marquise, if there's any other questions that you have about it, anything that we didn't cover that you want to know about, um, let us know. And we'll do it. Thank you for for reaching out to us because this is what we want from people. If there's anything that you want us to cover or that you want to hear what we have to say or just want us to help you find information about, just reach out to us. Just just tweet at us. Send us a, a DM on Instagram or you know message us on Facebook. Uh, you can reach us on the website, on YouTube, anywhere. Just just leave us a comment and, or send us a message, and we will we will get back to you most certainly. There's no question about that. We one hundred percent. So uh, again, thank you. If you have any other questions, let us know. It actually kind of makes it real fun for us. This yes. was nice because yes. we didn't have to look for a topic. We just, we got one from you guys that you wanted to hear. Yeah. And we just, nice to like have a, it's almost like a homework assignment. Dive right into it. Yeah. And it's something I love to do. Yeah. No, it was good. Um, and I enjoyed, I don't know, it made me think, you know, it yeah. made me think to have to, like I said, to have to make those connections that took. That was good. To, so, um, again, any questions at all? Uh, reach out to us. Let us know. Any comments, anything, let us know. We'll be right here. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but other than that, I think we can move on to Senator John McCain. Yeah. I figured I'd smash the real sad, depressing one in the middle. That yeah. way we can hit it and we don't have to end on a sour note. Yeah. Um, so we have talked about John McCain before. Uh, he uh, was a very prevalent senator when he was there, when he was active in Senate. I mean, he yeah. was especially lately. Time. Yeah, and especially under lately. the Trump administration, uh, been very, very active and kind of he became an all-star with his his thumbs down moment yes but uh we'll talk about that later but sadly yes uh it was last saturday august 25th at 4 28 p.m he died in his home in arizona yeah and he was 81 years old and uh the all weekend there's a bunch of ceremonies going around and I, i think his actual final funeral is on sunday Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Because there was one today. Yeah, there's um, this. I think his body's being moved today, is my guess, going from the Capitol down to yeah, cause, Annapolis, Maryland. Because he spent one time, he spent some time in Arizona in the Capitol there. Um, and then he spent some time in the Capitol in Washington, mm-hmm. uh, lying in state is what it's called. Yeah. Um, and then he is being, yeah, so he's being transferred to his final resting place, at least in Maryland, right? Yeah, it's um, in at, so. at the... Uh, the Naval Academy yes. cemetery there. That's He's going to be buried next to his old best friend. Uh, oh, what was his name? Uh, Admiral Chuck Larson, his old buddy from the Naval Academy days. And Word. they go way, way back. His yeah. best friend. And he's being laid to rest next to him. Yeah. So, like I said, we've talked about him before. Um, he... Was in the Air Force, correct? Um, was a pilot. Was he in the Navy or the Air Force? I think he was in the Navy. Yeah. Naval uh, aviator. And, and was a pilot. He flew missions over over Vietnam, actually. Yeah. Um, and on what was his final raid, um, he was shot down and taken hostage. Yeah. Over Hanoi. Yeah, over Hanoi. And was held for five years, right? I think we said seven before, but I think that it's five. Um, yeah, it was so, five, I think. Yeah. So we did say seven before. Fact but, check. Yeah, fact check. But it is five. Um, and... Part of the Vietnam documentary with Ken Burns actually focuses on John McCain. Uh, so when he was shot down... He, I haven't gotten that far. Oh, my God. Oh, I yeah. can't wait. Um, he broke both of his arms when he went down mm-hmm. um, and was... Shattered his leg? Yeah. Was immediately taken by the Viet Cong, uh, by North Vietnamese forces, uh, and 
They broke his shoulder with a rifle. Uh, they bayoneted him several times. Um, and, I mean, he essentially got his ass kicked by the villagers there because he was trying to actively bomb that village. Yeah. Um, and those people ran into the lake and got him and beat his ass until they took him to uh, yeah. what was so uh, pleasantly called the Hotel Hanoi, right? Yeah, Hanoi, Hanoi Hilton Hotel. Was. Uh, and so that's where they kept... I mean, so many of the POWs uh, yeah. that were there. And like I said, we, he was held there for five years. Uh, Two was, in solitary confinement. Yeah. Um, which resulted in him, he, after that, he wasn't able to lift his arms above his shoulders. Like, yeah. He couldn't lift his arms above his head. Um, just yeah, I read till to this day, like he couldn't, he can't brush the and comb the top of his hair. He has yeah. to have somebody do it because he just can't lift his arms up that high. Yeah. And when he was... When he was brought in there, right, they found out shortly after that his dad was an admiral, I believe. Yeah. Um, he was the oh, the Pacific commander yeah. at the time. or um, And so they allowed him to be interviewed by a French reporter. Commander of all American forces in the Pacific. Yes. So he was, he was allowed to be interviewed by a French reporter who was also being held captive, I believe. Um, and... He was, after that interview, right, he was beaten by the Viet Cong for not showing enough gratitude for being saved from the water. Yeah. Like, for being allowed to be held captive, he didn't show enough gratitude and was beaten after the interview. He's like, dude, Uh, I tried to kill myself twice. He was given... Not going to give you guys that. He wasn't even given any Tylenol or aspirin or anything for the pain, obviously, because it's being held by the Viet Cong. So, he's got a broken leg, two broken arms, and a broken shoulder. And been stabbed several times. Yeah. um, And lives with these things. At a certain point, was offered... Was given the opportunity to go home and said no. Yeah. He said that he would stay there because the code of conduct of the military says that injured, uh, wounded, anybody who, who is like right about to die is who's, is who goes first. And then it's by data capture. Whoever was captured first is who should leave first. Yeah. And there was going to be people left there that had been prisoners of war longer than John McCain. And he said no. Yeah. And I heard an interview that he did after that. And he said that that was the hardest thing he ever did was to say no, that he would not go home, was the hardest thing he's ever done. Yeah. Uh, which fucking makes sense to me. You know what I'm saying? Um, that you've just been treated, obviously, so incredibly poorly for so long um, and give someone else the opportunity to go home first. Yeah, I fucking... Um, is, blow, it's, it's unreal, is what it is. Yeah. I mean, goddamn American hero, man. Yeah. War hero. Um, you, we can argue about his politics all day long, but that's... Right. A t- it, and I hate the fact that that has taken the stage for so long. As people, that's even a focus at all. You yeah. know, I man in the comment sections of some of the the articles and that like the YouTube live stream and stuff I was watching of his funeral day, people are fucking disgusting. Yeah, you can you can dislike his policy all you want, his mindset about politics whatsoever, but you can't, I mean, it's you don't know the rules, man. You can't do that. Right. It's, you just don't touch that kind of crap. <clears throat> Jesus. His wife said, because um, she put out a statement after he died, right? And I told Jordan this, and we both almost cried together. Um, his wife said that he died the same way that he lived, on his own terms. I, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Which I thought was so incredibly fucking powerful. It like, is. just so incredibly powerful. Um, but another thing to note is... 
that I'm tearing up right now. Like that's just, it's I too know, much. It, you know, that's, that, that's wild that she said that. Um, but so uh, President Barack Obama gave a eulogy there, and so did uh, President George W. Bush. And you like, caught that this uh, morning, right? I caught the I I watched some it afterwards. of it. I watched the Obama one, but not um, the George Bush one. I just I didn't have a chance to watch that. Yeah. Um, but Obama, I mean, obviously Obama's speech was great. He's, yeah, he's, he's an incredible public speaker. I mean, regardless of how you feel about him as a he man gets up or there a president, and tears or it up. He is an absolutely incredible public speaker. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a great speech. Um, it was it was interesting to watch. You know, yeah. Um, so they both gave speeches, and the president. The current president, Donald Trump, was not invited to the funeral. Yeah. Um, he was, he, I don't know whether he was asked not to come or just wasn't invited. Like I wouldn't say either of those things. So I don't know what the actual truth on that is, but he was not there, um, at the request of John McCain. Yeah. Um, so. Which, yeah, I think that that's what it was. doesn't say something to you about the state of politics and the state of the current administration, then I'm not sure what does, right? Yeah. Because if you don't remember, um, Donald Trump once said that, what was that, that he liked people who didn't get captured. Yeah. Um, that's what it was. Um, I've seen that clip make the rounds again yes. on the social medias. He was also, President Trump was provided the opportunity by Sarah Sanders and other people in his administration to put out a statement that they had put together that all he had to do was okay and sign it and they would release it. And he said, no, don't do that. I'm going to tweet about it instead. Yep. And decided that he would just, just drop a couple lines on Twitter about, about Senator McCain and his passing. And that's how he would handle it. Uh, and I think it was a kind of your standard thoughts and prayers text or tweet. Um, and then all of the flags in the Capitol were put at half staff right through all the monuments and on the White House. Um, and generally the way that it's done is that yeah. on the day that the person dies, it's half staff. And the day that they're laid to rest, it's half staff. Right? Yeah, they keep it flying um, at half staff, I think. Right. Until but, they're but buried. Specifically because he was a sitting senator and yes. died. That is how it is that it is. It's flags just stay at half staff yeah, the whole yeah, yeah. time, right? Like there's oh, you were no, t- okay. Yeah, I see what you're right. saying. Um, and otherwise, they can they can go back up, and then on the day they're laid to rest, it goes yep. to half staff, right? So all of the rest of the flags in the Capitol, uh, at the Washington Monument, the Lincoln Memorial, all those things, all the flags were set to half staff. And President Trump decided the one in the White House should be back at full staff. Um, yeah. And then obviously subsequently took a whole bunch of fucking heat for it. And, As he should. And it's now at half staff again. Um, and I assume will be until tomorrow when he's laid to final rest in Maryland. Because yeah, I think um, it was, but, it finally went back up on Monday. I think so. Because it was, um, it was, well, it went back down on Monday. It was up, I think, all day Sunday. But there's a certain amount of stuff. I mean, because I know we had talked once um, that about something that I didn't know, right? That I guess President Barack Obama had a bit of a reputation for just not being as cordial to the military members as other presidents had been, right? And yeah. I don't know the exact details on that. That's just from what I understand, right? That I have heard that, wasn't too. a total dick to them because he certainly respects the military, but wasn't, like I said, as cordial as... I would say they were uh, treated with a mild neglect. Uh, yeah, and I don't, like, I can't... I can't speak to that. I don't know. I have no idea. You know, nobody will. All we we've just seen some videos. Right. Uh-huh. You know, he. The big thing people used to get upset about was like when they would salute him going on to Air Force One or coming off. He wouldn't salute them back. Yeah. And people were just like, "What the fuck? That's not how that's supposed to be." And I mean, I can understand that feeling and stuff, well, and but 
And I would have to look to see, because I'm sure he was asked about that a time or fucking two, you know, so I would have to see what his reasoning was for that. It might, I don't know. I'm not going to speculate because I have no idea about that, but that is particularly the case, right? But if you want to talk about someone disrespecting the military, right? This man right here, who was a prisoner of war for five years and then came home and served in the Senate for how fucking long? A long time. I mean, he got in the 80s. You know what I'm saying? It's 2018 now, so close to 30 years, if not 30 years, that he was in the Senate. I think it was 30 years in the Senate. And and this man man doesn't deserve that respect, right? The The last senator to die in office, I believe, was Daniel Inouye. Who was the first Japanese American senator, right? He also served in World War II and lost his arm in World War II. And I believe Fact Check received the Medal of Honor at the same time. So, oh, you want to tell me that this man, John McCain, doesn't deserve that respect? I don't know who does. Yeah, fuck you. You want to talk to me about somebody who's disrespecting the military and disrespecting an absolute patriot in this country? goddamn president trump legitimate war hero and that's not me saying you know what about this that's not what about ism that is to combat the what about ism of well what about barack obama you know because he did this and he shit on the military and did all this stuff right 87 to 2018 31 years you can say 30 if you want to take this last year because of the time that he spent out you know dealing with his cancer and stuff like that so 30 years i mean 30 years in the senate right in congress and five years prisoner of war. Tell me he doesn't deserve all this. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So, I'm not going to take that from nobody. And I, I so. hope some of those, you know, and I hate keep kind of going back to him because I don't want to generalize the Trump supporter. But you know as well as I do, there are, there's a population within that population that are kind of, we call them the always Trumpers, that should be disgusted by that. Everybody should be disgusted by that. Regardless of what you thought about the senator John McCain, yeah, you, uh, you disrespecting an American war hero. Sorry, but fuck you. <laughs> I don't care. I'm not sorry. That's yeah. one of those sorry not sorry things, I guess. Um, and there are some. I mean, like you said, I, I certainly also did not enjoy the way that his death was politicized. Right where people start talking about, dude, it's been disgusting. Because I mean, there have been good things that have happened, and there have been bad things that have happened. You know, I mean, he had some type of controversy around being given money by somebody, but then also he went around and he he helped pass a bill that had to do with campaign finance reform. You know what I'm saying? That I mean, with one of the most liberal senators that exists, you yeah. know, at the time, um, he he went and constructed a campaign finance bill that helped us get to where we are today, which is not in a perfect spot, but it's certainly better than we were at before. McCain Feinstein? Yes. That's what uh, was, McCain right? Fine Gold. Fine Gold. is what it is. It's Fine Gold. Cheers, mate. We're taking pictures so, of you on the cast. Um, that was a terrible Australian so, accent. I don't, know I, I don't think that his death should be about any of those things except for his service to this country. Exactly. You know? What a fantastic man he obviously was. Uh, so I'm not going to, you know. Yeah. I don't want to divulge too deeply into that because I don't think that shit really matters. You know, it doesn't. That's not the stuff that John McCain is going to rem- going to be remembered for. That's not why Chuck Schumer is trying to rename that Senate building after him. You know, it's not because of just the things that he did while he was a senator, but yeah. just his legacy as a man. You know. Um, yeah. And so. I didn't hear it directly, but Carolina was watching the. Uh, I think. Uh, oh, what's her name? His daughter. That's on the View. 
Megan McCain. Yeah, her eulogy and stuff. Oh. I, I'm going to have to watch it at some point, but I really don't want to. I thought it was kind of sad um, that they had to go through that publicly. I know. You know? Like, I understand for all the things that we just laid out why other people would be interested in it, but it seems almost insensitive. You know, I can't imagine, especially like during the funeral, there was a lot of camera shots on his wife and like on his kids and stuff. You yeah. know, like if you got to be there, leave them the fuck alone. Like yeah. just let them do their thing, like in at least in somewhat private, because the cameras are going to be there because they're going to be there, you know, but focus on the other people that are there, not on his family that's in there like crying and trying not to act a fool Dude. in front of all these people in front of the whole country because it's on TV. You know? I can't imagine having to try to deal with that, you know. From Megan McCain's point of view, and then like you know, being on that show that she is, The View, and it's, the View. Uh, apparently it's it's a pretty popular show. I Super guess. Super popular. I don't know. Is it daytime television? Is yes. that why? Okay. Yeah. Um, but you know, I can't imagine trying to go through the death of you know a father publicly like that. No. I mean, it is. You kind of when you go through something like that, you kind of realize how a, how private that kind of stuff really is. And it should be. And I can't imagine having to deal with that publicly. And especially, you know, you're the grieving widow and you have to, you know, there's all this pomp and circumstance that you have to do and all this. I just can't imagine. Rough, dude. Yeah. That's why I sandwiched this thing in the middle. <laughs> and two not, not quite so depressing things. Yeah. Yeah. Because then we'll move into some more, some fun stuff. Not really, but... We get, it's basically talk shit on Trump Day. Yeah. Because, you know, most days are like that these days. Jesus. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, my thoughts go out to his family. Absolutely. I can't imagine having to deal with that kind of loss and, you know, sorry. Yeah. Really sucks. Uh, his wife was, like, wearing wearing his wings mm-hmm. you know, during the ceremony, which I thought was really nice. Um so a lot of people that reached out to him at his service earlier this week. Larry Fitzgerald was there. Um, oh, wow. He was a wide receiver for the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. Um, I guess they had been friends for like many years. They met through some event and had been friends for a long time. That's cool. So Larry Fitzgerald spoke. Joe Biden spoke because Joe Biden had a son named Bo Biden. I believe that's his name was Bo Biden. I think so. Um, <laughs> who died from the same type of brain cancer that John McCain had. Yeah. Um, and so him and Joe Biden were close. Lindsey Graham uh, was very close with John McCain. Yeah. Um, and so he delivered um, a Bible verse or two um, at the at the service today. Um, and I heard clips, heard a clip of a speech Lindsey Graham gave however long ago um, when John McCain was still alive. Just kind of about... I remember like that. what good friends they were. Yeah. And in the background, you can like hear John McCain crying. You yeah. Know? I remember like, that. I, I got to, I don't remember exactly when it was, but I remember hearing that. Yeah. That exhibits to me that they were actually genuinely friends, you know, and not just Lindsey Graham is not just putting up a show to show that he's upset about somebody in his party dying. Like he genuinely. No. Yeah. They go back a long way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you think 30 years in the same type of job like that. Yeah. You get people that have basically been there just as long or whatever. I mean, that's a that's a family after a while. Yeah. You know, you spend more time with those type of people than right. you do with your actual family. And when his when his casket was taken out of the chapel today, um, it was accompanied. Paul Bearers wore 
a member from every service of the armed forces. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was like incredible to watch, you know, just how precise and synchronized those movements were from those men. It was impressive. They're very, yeah. The military honor guard is, yeah, they're, they're pretty on point, man. Yeah. To watch them, um, you know, Pick him up like that, and then turn around. I everything. It was it was it was crazy, um, and so that was I thought really cool. Yeah, I dro- dropped a tear because I saw Barack Obama drop a tear when they carried John McCain past him, and I was like, "Fuck me, man!" It's like it's too much. I can't handle this right yeah. now. It That's what like, like I was saying. Like I watched a lot of that stuff before the show today, and I was like, "I gotta shut this off. This yeah. is not smart. I can't go into the cast that we you know feeling all sad and depressed." But you know what will keep me from becoming sad and depressed? Talking trade with you, buddy. We're talking NATO. <laughs> or not NATO. God, NAFTA. Did NAFTA? I just say NATO? NAFTA. Yeah. NAFTA. We're talking the North American Free Trade Agreement and some stuff that's basically gone down over the last, what, week or so? How mm-hmm. long have these talks really been going on? I think about a week. About a yeah, week? Maybe two weeks. And, um, yeah, old <clears throat> President DJ Trump there might have a... Uh, Shot himself in the foot again. Yeah. Um, earlier this week, a trade deal was announced by President Trump while he was on the phone with the president of Mexico. Um, and they talked about, or they, sorry, they announced a trade deal between the two, between America and Mexico, that would, <clears throat> excuse me, with the intent to replace NAFTA, which is a trilateral trade agreement between Canada, the United States, and Mexico. Hence, uh, North American. Yes. Hence, North American Free Trade Agreement. Um, so, Canada was obviously super pissed because now they're making a bilateral agreement with just Mexico. Uh, yeah. Which is frustrating. Yes, please. Oh, I got the bottle open. That is service. Um, yeah. And I mean, these, these talks have been contentious thank you very much. since the get-go. Yes. Right. Because President Trump is a dick to everybody around him. Yeah. That America. Especially little baby Trudeau. You know? Yeah. Yes. He he bullies him so bad. Well, and then it's put it's put on extra pressure because the president of Mexico is his term is done in December. Yeah. And so they have to get a deal done soon so that Congress and this everybody has enough time to approve it because it takes 90 days mm-hmm. for them to do that process and have everything done. So they are trying to jam it through because as soon as somebody new gets into the office in Mexico, you have no idea how they might want to change yeah. what's going on. So, Especially, I think, with the, the incoming government, they're, they're not probably going to want to go with whatever trade deal no. they're going on. I think that's the push right now. Yeah. They want to change it so that when they get in, the next guys can't change it. Uh, but it, uh, yeah. So this, I think the big one for me, the big story that popped on this thing, because I don't know. Do you have any numbers behind any of this stuff? I don't, because I haven't seen any kind of numbers or anything. It's just that it's happening. They're negotiating. Right. They have deals. Because whatever. they didn't, they didn't finish a deal on Friday. Like they intended, you know, they wanted one to be done by Friday, but it wasn't yeah. because Canada can't get on board with what's going on. Um, At this point, I don't know if they should because I don't, we haven't seen any numbers on it. And now that, uh, you know, Trump's comments that were, you know, his off the record, so-called off the record comments that kind of leaked out after a interview with Bloomberg News, 
basically he said that we're just trying to fuck them. We're trying to screw them. Well, so it's kind of what I got out of it. Um, it's going to be so insulting that they're not able. They're insulting. They're not going to be able to make a deal. You know, and it just sounds like Trump already is going to say no to whatever deal he's made up his mind or whatever. And yeah. it just sounds bad. Well, that's because so some of the big things that President Trump is focused on is fucking dairy for yeah. some reason. You know what I'm saying? And um, a big thing for him is auto parts, right? That's a big thing that he keeps talking about is cars and trucks and auto parts. Like, so that's one of the things that's being harped on because one of the things that was set up in NAFTA was that I believe was that any car that came through either of those places had to have X amount of American parts in it, right? So that you couldn't build a car in Mexico, in, in China and then bring it into Mexico and then put it into America because NAFTA set up an, Part of, let me, let me, let me, let me start over. Part of NAFTA, <laughs> right, was so that almost all goods being traded would be tariff free. That they would, they would just flow freely throughout yes. North America between Canada and Mexico. So the requirement for the American car parts came so that you couldn't skirt that, right? And like mm-hmm. I said, so that China couldn't import things to Mexico and then import them to America and get around that tariff. Yeah. So that's why it's that way. And I believe that some of the things that President Trump wants is for most of those parts to have to be done not just in America, but by somebody who's making X amount of dollars, like $16 an hour, which is not in Mexico because nobody's making $16 an hour in Mexico. So (laughs) that would force more production in America because people who are working in a car factory are definitely making $16 an hour in America. Yeah. Um, And so that's just kind of how... Well, maybe. Well... I would think now, especially under the Trump, not regime, but I, I almost said regime, under the Trump <laughs> administration, um, they're, that's something he's focused on is American industry. He wants more yeah. things to come out of America. Um, so I guess a dairy is one thing that he's focused on, which I think is really interesting because he says that it's 300% or something like that from Canada. Yeah, um, I think it's but, a, yeah, from what I've heard, the tariff on dairy products in into Canada. So if Canada's buying That's our dairy products. Into Canada. Okay. Yeah. I'm pretty uh, sure it, it hurts the dairy farmers a good amount. Um, but not including Canada in an agreement um, is a big problem because I believe the number is 36 states in America. Their primary trade partner is Canada. Mm-hmm. So I believe that. that harms a majority of the country. You Where do you think Home Depot gets all their timber imported from? Right. Certainly Canada. Not America. It's Canada. Because yeah. it's cheap. You know, right. the cheap stuff that you buy at so Home Depot, all look at it. It all comes from Canada. Canada yeah. is a huge timber supplier so for us. So many trees in Canada. So many trees. But don't cut them all down. No. <laughs> so it's, again, that is that is the problem with not including Canada in a trade agreement through North America is that if Canada gets upset, if Justin Trudeau's getting pissed off, you know, he's mm-hmm. fuck it. I'm going to slap tariffs on everything that you send into Canada. And that's how it will go. Canada will make more money and just America another, will spend more. Yeah, just another mm-hmm. front on the trade war. That's because, again, if President Trump wants to get a second term, he can't turn his back on 36 of the 50 states in America and say, well, you got to figure out that money by yourself. Because, yeah. you know, we're especially, not I mean, those are his... Demographic, yeah, that's his. As part of his base demographic, is, there's not there's you know, not money in the budget to subsidize the tariffs for 36 states for no. things into Canada. You know what I'm saying? No, and that's the only. I mean, that's exactly what he did with the farmers. You know, I mean, billions of dollars going to the farmers because of all this because of this trade war with China mm-hmm. that he's having to 
what is it, $12 billion, I think? I'll fact check that, but I think it's $12 billion that he had to give to farmers because of, of all the tariffs and stuff on soybeans and shit like that that go into China. That- and has has Congress done anything about trying to pull some of the power away from the executive branch when it comes to making trade deals by themselves with other nations, yeah. which should be constitutionally a thing the Congress deals with. Yeah. Well, and I think it's hard enough that majority is so slim, yeah. you know, that nobody can... Because I, I think that if, if either party, if the Democrats or the Republicans had a 10-seat majority in the Senate, she would be getting done. You know, I mean, things would be able to get passed either way because you could get enough people on board to get it through. You know, if you had that 60 people majority, then I don't think they would be as stagnant as it is now. Either way, you know, that's regardless of who it is. I think I feel confident that even if the House of the House, oh, my God, House of Representatives, representatives was majority Republican and the Senate was majority Democrat. I still think more would get done than is getting done now. Probably. And probably more compromised bills, a little more even on both sides that kind of both both parties felt happy about. Because you would hear the minority in the Senate would hear from the majority in the House and the mm-hmm. minority in the House would hear from the majority in the Senate. And things would be easier to, I think, personally. Could be. That's, Could be. Just get a little hair closer. You sound real good when you're up close. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I just noticed you're starting to fade off. No, you're good. Um, But yeah, I just... Again, I don't know why the president has all this power because he should not have all that power. Are these things that are... Do you know... Sorry, not to interrupt you. Are these powers that are delegated in the Constitution to the president or to the Senate and it's just been taken over... Or like to Congress and it's just been taken over by the president? I'm pretty sure. It's, I mean, it's been kind of slowly piecemealed to the executive to be able to do this under the auspices of national security. Yes. Then yes. Because that's, that's okay. I got yeah, you. National defense. Sorry. Because that's if how most of this is justified. Is yeah. Because it's a national security concern. Yeah. Because you can. I mean, you can, in good conscience, argue that trade is a national defense issue. You can easily do that. In big picture. But on a specific like trade deal like NAFTA, I don't think so. Yeah. And and like with China, I don't think that should be something. China isn't a, I mean, they are, they could be a threat. But realistically, China isn't a military threat to us at this time. Not if trade is working out okay. No. As long as everything is chill. But you give them enough power to go in there and fuck it all up, then maybe it will be. I don't know. You, You know, the whole, yeah. No, I agree. Especially when you need to be on their good side to try to rein in the the Kim regime. Yeah. But hey, whatever. I don't think Donald Trump really knows shit about trade. I think that's really my problem. Every single move that he makes, I mean, he loves this fucking tariff nonsense, which is just, it's a tax on Americans. Yeah. Here. Here, everybody, have a tax cut. Now I'm just gonna, now I'm going to go fuck with the trade system to, you know, I'm going to give a bunch of tariffs, which now means everything you buy is going to be more expensive now. But now it's okay. I just got your tax cut. Right. Well, bull fucking shit. Fuck you. Sorry, I'm pissed off. No. Drop a lot of F-bombs there. I don't give a shit. It just, it pisses me off. because Like I'm going to care that you're saying fuck. Yeah, um, right. Why don't you go ahead and I'm apologizing to the in, people, in, baby. In the history of the podcast, and we'll see who says <laughs> fuck more times me or you, and then ask me if I care. There you go. There you go. Um but yeah, I, it, it upsets me. It, I get so tired of this crap. Um, I don't think unfortunately, that. Unfortunately, 
I don't think President Trump knows shit about geopolitics at all. No. I don't think that he has any any idea about anything working with other countries. And that's why I think it's so terrifying for people for him to be acting optically unilaterally in these things. You know, doing what he thinks is best because he's obviously being advised other ways by people in his administration is still just doing whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. We'll hear from them and then pop off on Twitter ten times, you know, in the morning about some bullshit that's going on that he's upset about. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, we've I seen know. a lot of times completely contradicting things that his administration has tried to reach out and say to the other party. And then the other party gets upset because they don't feel like they can trust America because the president is saying something drastically different than the administration. Just it's did. an endless cycle. Of yeah. The same nonsense. It's horrible. But you know what he is really good at? Sleazy 80s business practices. Yeah. That's what he's all about. Yeah. And that's why... It, I mean, he, he's a really shitty politician. He doesn't know anything about what he's doing. He tries to go in there and make nice. And, you know, he, he tries to do the old, you know, like uh, Michael Douglas. I don't know why I picture him Wall in, Street. in Wall Street. That's you know, why. it's like that kind of stuff used to work in the 80s. You know, you used to make nice with your enemy and then you fucking stabbed him in your back when you bought him out and dissolved their company and shit. Yes. It's like, that's what, that's the kind of stuff he's good at, but it doesn't work that way in geopolitics, baby. No. No. No, it doesn't. Not at all. No. And, yeah, it drives me nuts because he's so bad at it. Yeah. It's really bad then, like, I, I can't remember who it was. Somebody... Uh, I listened to a lot of Rogan this week, and it was uh, it was a group of guy, group of comedians that were JRE. on. And it was a who? JRE, JRE experience. Oh yeah, I love them. That's it. I love JRE. every episode of them. That well, it whatever the Joe Rogan experience. But anyways, they were talking about how he's like, you know, I've never once in my life had a situation where I look at the presidency, you know, and think that wow. I don't know, you know, I understand the presidency is not a job that I can do. I could not do that job. Yeah. But I I could do it a lot better than that dumb motherfucker, you know. It's bad. And I was like, you know, that, that, that's a good way to put it. I don't hate that. Can you riff for a minute while I go uh, pee? You're going to go pee-pee? Is that a thing? You know, it would be really funny. Yes. Because, I mean, we're basically, we're done. We're going to wrap up NAFTA, yeah? Yeah, I think yeah we can much go over some that. pop culture, and then we can hit sports. And then well, we're I'm going to – don't go anywhere, Mia Moore. Carolina's going to sit in your spot real quick. Word. And we're going to talk a little bit about some of the movies we watched this week. There you go. So we're going to go into pop culture next. Don and I have some uh, discussions about uh, yeah, Deadpool 2. <laughs> I can't wait to do that. Um, but, we yeah, we watched some movies this last week, and uh, – we had an interesting conversation about Infinity War last night. Oh, yes. <laughs> and so, okay, go ahead and adjust. Yeah, let's, let's, let's hear how you sound. Talk into the mic there for a minute. Hello. You're going to just get a little closer. Okay. There you go. So. Better? Yeah, and since Jordan's here, just a good way to feel comfortable doing this, because this is the first time you've done this. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be nervous. Look at Jordan. Talk to Jordan about this. Okay. okay. Every, you know, so we're going to, so that's the easiest way to do this in my mind. Just pretend like you're going to talk to Jordan. So we, Jordan, we're going to, we're going to, I'm just, we're going to frame this up this way so that it's, it's, it feels natural. Okay. We watched Infinity War. Was, was it last weekend? 
Yeah. I don't remember. It was uh no, it was this past weekend. Yeah. Okay. So we watched three movies this weekend. Yeah. Money. I think For- two of them Jurassic Park and Jurassic World and then the next day it was uh Infinity War. Okay. And so and I know I hope Makaya's listening to this. Is it Makaya? <laughs> Shout or- out to Makaya. I can't Hi. okay. I well that. anyways, <laughs> if you're a Marvel fan, I have I have kind of a issue in Infinity War. Okay, so my issue with spoiler alerts, heavy, heavy spoilers, because this is all about the end of the movie, how it ends. Should have seen it by now. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely should have seen it by now. But as a podcast host, this is just, these are steps you have to take. You know, it's it's a CYA thing. You got to cover your ass. Make sure nobody gets all pissed off for you for dropping spoilers without any, you know, any warning. So anyways, I have a problem with the way Infinity War ends, right? Now, my problem here is not so much, I understand the necessity of having this happen, but when the, the group of people kind of have Thanos on the ropes, they got, they're trying to get the gauntlet off, all this stuff, um, Star-Lord comes in and fucks everything up. And I just don't, I, when I watch that scene, I get so pissed off because it is so tropey it's so it's so poorly done in my mind. It's so unbelievable. It's like, oh, really? This is the. It's just the fate of the universe is on the line, and this guy has zero perspective. Zero. You know? How about this? Pull the fucking gauntlet off, and then kill him when you can actually kill him. How about that? No, that didn't even cross your mind. He, so I got a problem with that. Yeah, he just went for his emotions, right, and using his brain. You know. Yeah, that was a very rash decision. And it's called lazy writing, and I'm not a fan of it. Hey, <laughs> it shows the audience, hey, if you're going to do a rash decision, these are going to be the consequences. In this case, it's like half of humanity just disappeared. And I, and I, and I do not disagree at all. I understand the premise of it. I agree with it. I just think it was poorly executed. <laughs> and so any of you Marvel fans out there, you just let me know how wrong you think I am. I would love to know why. The comics, <laughs> I just get that feeling. The comics, they love to build that suspense, you know, like what is going to happen next? And I think that that's what they did because this uh, movie, in my opinion, my view, um, it was like a comic. Like all the superheroes that you have known just reunited all together for this specific reason to save humanity, which didn't happen on the first movie. However, maybe the second one. Maybe we're going to revive or something. Well, well, that's Marvel. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure once they figure out a way to to destroy (laughs) Thanos, everything will go back to normal. All your favorite superheroes will come back. Tom Holland has a long career as Spider-Man. I'm not worried about him. I love him. You know. (laughs) Uh, But I do have to say... I, do, I disagree with your opinion, baby, so I'm, get off the mic. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how my life in the podcast has gone. <laughs> oh, good job, baby. You did great. I hope you had fun. It was, it was great. It was cool. <laughs> but yeah, I, I totally forgot. Toby Maguire for life. Toby Maguire is... <laughs> you, oh, your beer? Which one is your beer? Yeah. Oh, Stella. Yeah. Fancy pants. Thank um, But yeah, I, I had totally forgotten we watched Infinity War last week, too. We watched three movies this week, which is unheard of for me. But we watched um, Infinity War, I think, Sunday, Monday. Sunday. 
Sunday. Because on Saturday we watched uh, we watched Jurassic Park. Saturday, okay. Oh, that's right. So we watched Jurassic Park, which the original, Park? because it's yeah. been a minute and fuck Chris Pratt in Jurassic Park. <laughs> oh, I can fucking talk to Velociraptors. No, that's I, not his problem. You. He I, can't talk to him. Fuck Chris Pratt in in Velociraptor movie. That's Don't bullshit. hate. I love him. It's. I mean. Don't blame the player. I like, hate the game. I like the one. <laughs> Don't hate the player. Hate the game. <laughs> Don't blame the player. <laughs> I love hate it. the game. I I like the one with Jeff Goldblum. That yeah, good too. When he has a black daughter, that where did that come? The from? Lost World. That is my. It was. It's one of my favorite Jurassic Park movies. It was at that time, right, where they gave him a black daughter. To like be a little bit controversial, and that was like still like, oh shit, how did he get a black daughter? Like, but they didn't talk about it, you know. <laughs> and that's not a reason why I like it, but I think that it's interesting to see those things reflected in media at the time. Don, you know, don't that. muddy up my favorite movie with your social <laughs> justice fucking nonsense. No, I, <laughs> <laughs> I can understand that. I can I totally get that. I think that's really funny. But you want to know what it was my favorite movie? I think, for one, I was pretty young when it came out, so I just instantly loved it. But it was like this cool idea of they're going out there um, and trying to capture these. You know, it was like a hardcore fucking safari. Because they bring it home, right? That's yeah. That one where they bring it home. Yeah. And it's just like, a really interesting storyline. And they're doing the same shit in this next one. Chris Pratt did it when it just came out or it's coming out, whatever. It's coming out next weekend. So there you I'm go. I'm pissed because it didn't drop today. So that's in this next one. It's the same fucking idea. Really? Yes. Oh, I thought it's just about like the fucking island exploding. Nope. I'm pretty certain that there is a dinosaur in America this time. And maybe I'm wrong. Dude, I'm I'm down with it. Almost certain. And I'm like, dog, you just did this in the same fucking franchise. Don't worry about it. This is Jurassic World, bro. This is not Jurassic Park. This is Jurassic World. You ever been to Universal Studios in Florida? Yes. Not Florida. uh, Oh, Cali, Cali. In California, because I've only been to the one in Florida. I told you I've never been to California before. Mm -hmm. Um, Is there a Jurassic Park ride in that one? Oh, yeah. So, okay. so It's the water ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Which is, if you've never been on it, right, um, you go through, like you said, kind of like a safari type of deal where you're Mm -hmm. like in the jungle and you see some dinosaurs and people, I think, who are hired to just walk around in the woods, like while that ride is happening, like just people, I think. Um, And then there's little animatronic dinosaurs and then you go into like a factory and there's fucking raptors running around and like scratching stuff off the walls and making crazy noise and then you turn around this last corner and there's a fucking t-rex right in front of you that is oh my god it is enormous like it the animatronic t-rex is enormous and the waterfall is like at its feet like you if you were tall enough, could probably touch the dinosaur before you go down. Like, if you were, like, seven foot tall, if you're like Kevin Durant, you oh, yeah. might be able to touch the dinosaur on your way down. He like, might be too tall. It's, yeah, it's that close, um, and it's terrifying as shit. Yeah, it's right and, before. Yeah, you go right after the drop, and the fucking yeah. T-Rex comes down and, like, tries to bite you, and you just barely miss it because you're dropping off this thing. It's scary it's, as shit. I. It's really fun. Yeah. Yeah, we gotta. I gotta take you because Universal Studios is awesome. We gotta go to Florida because uh, I'd be totally okay if we never the went to Harry Florida. Harry Potter World in Florida, man. Harry Potter World in Florida is that the only place? That's they the don't only have one in place, California. I'm pretty sure with Harry Potter World. Yeah, 
<sighs> Harry Potter world. I, I sense a friend's vacation coming up. My uncle, shout out Uncle Jeff, is a retired fire chief in Brevard County there. So he'll take us on all kinds of cool tours and he's got all That'd kinds of spots awesome. there. Yeah, we can go shooting when we're down in Florida. My Uncle Jeff's all in. All not going to say no to that. You know what I'm saying? All of us. All of his kids, except for maybe come my cousin Karen, have I think they all have their concealed and like have their own gun and shit like that. And, and it's Florida. It's a, exactly it's a real deal. So Word. yeah, no, that would be super fun. I went there when I was like in junior high um, and spent two weeks down there. Really? And I had never like I had not met any of my cousins since I was like a child. Like I didn't remember ever meeting them. Um, so I just spent two weeks in their house. And well, as long as we in. don't go during hurricane season. I'm good. No, I've dealt with enough hurricanes in my life. They're just, they're so damn inconvenient. <laughs> I hate them. Because so even if it's just like a little dinky one that comes and gets hit, everybody just boards up. I mean, it's like ops normal for them because they do it every year. You know, a little dinky one that everything is still going to get boarded up and everything's going to be fucked up for a minute. Power's going to go out, all this crap. It's so annoying. I can't imagine. And then you're always, you have always have that, that thought during hurricane season, you know, we got to watch every single one of them that pops up. And if it's big, you got to freak the fuck out. It's like, it's not fun to deal with. My uncle and his I'd family, take earthquakes any day over fucking hurricanes. They used to go to Disney when there was like a big storm and just stay at a hotel in Disney because oh, they yeah, had like yeah. mad generators and shit. And so you just have a good time at Disney instead. That'd be dope. Yeah. That would be dope. Even if you can't go on the rides it. and stuff, you can still just kick it at the hotel, and then at least you still have power and whatnot. You're not sitting at your house eating fucking Top Ramen for three days, you know? <laughs> I love Top Ramen. Me too, but only when I want to eat it, not when I have to eat it. This is true. Yeah. That part in your life when you have to, when you go to the store and you buy the crate of, of Top Ramen, because you you're too poor to even afford, like, the uh, the cups. You got to buy the packs, you know, 25 cents a piece or whatever. Oh, they're like... 13 cents a piece or something like that. There you They're go. Cheaper than that, yeah. See, it's been a while since I had... That was, that was a different part of my life, dude. I don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> For now. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, let's wait till your baby gets here. So let's talk about Deadpool 2. Okay. Because Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, we watched those. Fuck Infinity Jurassic War. Park. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love Chris just Pratt. Just fuck Chris Pratt, Jurassic Park. But I just spend my disbelief and I just let it happen. It's okay. I thought the Raptors were pretty stupid too, but Maybe. it is what it is. Um, we pass that turn. Deadpool two. So Deadpool two. I am not usually a huge fan of like funnier comic book movies, right? Like okay, because I like the comics. I'm just more about like show me the story, not okay. all the fucking nonsense. Like so, that's- pause button before we do this. Did you see Deadpool one? Yes. And did you enjoy it? Yes. Okay. Um, and that's that's what I was going to say is my exception is Deadpool because that is, from what I understand, how that comic is written. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, like that's, that's his how whole it thing, is. I guess. So that I accept. I've never personally read Deadpool, and so I couldn't have a problem with it either way just because I don't know, right? But um, there's just some other stuff that – like Thor and shit like that. Like I thought some of the – Guardians of the Galaxy, like even though that's kind of how that's written, I just don't like it being so jokey. Like I'm just not into that. But I also understand that like you have to make it appeal to everybody, you know, because it's mm-hmm. a movie that you got to make millions and millions of dollars off of, not a comic book that yeah. people are going to buy because they're waiting for it. So, But Deadpool, um, you can throw up that R rating and then it, have some fucking exactly. fun. Um, and so I enjoyed Deadpool – and I told you guys I was hesitant 
nervous almost um, because it had cable in it and I love the X-Men. Like that's my primary. Like if I had to pick one comic to read forever, it would be the X-Men. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would be the uncanny X-Men, that OG shit. Like that's what I really want. None of like nonsense. <laughs> but, um, but I know about, you know, like X-Force and Excalibur and like all this shit. And so cable is, and I told you about cable when we worked, um, when we worked together and cable is, just so everybody knows, because if you're only seeing Deadpool, then you have no idea who Cable actually is. Cable is Scott Summers's, who is Cyclops, right? That's his son who was taken by like a, a witch or some shit like that when he was born because he had a, he was born with the disease that his arm is robotic because of this disease that he was born with. Mm. Like that's like what this is about, right? So he got taken to the future where they had a cure for the disease. And he's also like he's Jean Grey's kid too, I believe, the Phoenix. Um and okay. so that's why his telepathy is so crazy strong. It's because oh. she's she's the strongest telepath that exists, right? Yeah. And so that's that's her kid. I am okay. I'm almost certain. It's been a while since I read the comics, but I'm pretty certain that's where that's who his mom is. Um but Cyclops was also with somebody else before he was with Gene, so that's why I'm that's why I'm hesitant for that. But um, but that doesn't particularly matter. But either way, and then way later in the comics, he comes back and he is like BT Dubs, I'm fucking Cable, and I'm older than you are, but I'm your son. And here's like everything that's going on. And so there's an offshoot that's called X Force. Okay. And Cable is the leader of X Force. And so when Deadpool makes that team, spoilers, when Deadpool makes that team and he calls it X Force, it's like a jab at that's Cable so because great. that's what his team is called. So, <laughs> I had no idea. And yes. I, I can appreciate that so much more now. Yes. Uh, <sighs> and yeah, there's a there yeah, there's a lot of callbacks and stuff like that in that mm-hmm. movie. Um, which is something I appreciate. That's one of the reasons I love Kevin Smith so much, you know, as so much of that is like, if you haven't listened to this modcast, you just won't get it, and it'll fly right over your head. You oh, know? okay. Like, in all those movies in um, Mall Rats and in Clerks and all that stuff, they always they always reference to Walt Flanagan. And um, in Mall Rats, JMU says something. He's talking about a security guard, and he says, that motherfucker is faster than Walt Flanagan's dog. <laughs> and it's always just shit like that. Now, Walt Flanagan is from Tell Him Steve Days. Oh, That's one of the guys Walt. from the school. Yeah, and he's... He's like one of Kevin Smith's best friends. And so if you don't know that, like you just think he's just thrown out some random name, you know, but Walt Flanagan is a real guy who has a fucking dog that whether or not he was super fast, you know, but there he uses them as examples all the time. And I love shit like that. Good old Walt. I think that's Jordan's. I think Walt has Jordan's favorite laugh, don't you? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I think it's so funny. Blood out of her ears. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's too funny. He just cracks himself up too. But but I thought it was good. I like Deadpool too. Um, I like I like a little bit of comedy in it. I like that it was serious enough. You know, with it again, Mm -hmm. spoilers with him fucking being in love. You know, and doing all that stuff like that. That was real. And um, Cable. I thought was done well. I was super scared because I just didn't know that Josh Brolin was the right guy. Because yeah. I think even though Cable is like an older guy, I thought Josh Brolin was just too much of like an old man because Cable is older, but he's also like in fucking sick, nasty, good shape, you know, and is out there murdering people with his bare hands. So I yeah. just was like, I don't know 
that Josh Brolin is the right guy. And him being short, and they even reference that in the movie. That yeah. like Josh Brolin is <laughs> so it says something about him being shorter than he expected. It's because yeah. cable in all those so comics funny. is is enormous. You know, he is enormous, both in height and in width. Yeah, just from just muscle st- muscle stature. So um I actually feel like watching that movie again. So, it's so you good. can rent it on Amazon. Did you watch the super it. duper version? Uh, no, just oh. the regular one. Okay. Um, but I thought I thought that it was done well. Um and I like you know, I like that they include other other mutants in it, even though they were all in it for like two or three minutes. But that I was enjoyed so funny. like other people being in it. Like when I saw Shatterstar, I was like, that might be really fucking rad. And yeah. then was gone moments later. But um I I was excited to see Shatterstar. Well, because people got all hyphy after the first one because they're like, everyone's like, where the fuck is the, the other X-Men? Yeah. It's like, oh, we couldn't afford. And so he made a thing. It was like, yeah, we couldn't afford anymore. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, open the they door, they're the all door sitting in there. Well, now that it's all owned or soon to be like finalized to be owned by the same company, all of these movies are going to get way better. You know, I hope that's so. I really potentially, hope so. they have the potential to get way better because all that stuff is is owned collectively now, and so yeah. they can be made into a better and I mean thing. X Men has been rough for me, but I Fuck, I dude. actually like you're telling Apocalypse. me X Men's been rough, but I really that hope was one like of the best ones, Apocalypse. yeah. Even though they changed a bunch of shit. A lot of stuff. I mean, I still... It was a, a decent movie. Yeah. It was the best X-Men movie I can remember, anyway. It was certainly better than fucking X3. You know oh, what I'm saying? The final stand. Rough. I, I don't know. I'm sure I've talked about that before. But it, it it's terrible to take three or four, like, really great story arcs from X-Men and try and just monkey fuck them all into one movie. <laughs> don't forget, you can't and, say like, monkey fuck, you fucking racist. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna bring that up earlier. I totally just, forgot. Uh, yeah, so I mean, just to try and appeal to like everybody, you know, you could take any one of those things and make them their own movie, and it would be awesome. Yeah, you know, but they just crammed them all together. Even just the one, like, like uh, the story arc is called "Putting You on the Spot." Dude, God dude, loves dude. man kills. That's what the story arc okay. is called, and that is where Rogue is like going and investigating. Um, the cure for the mutant gene you know mm. that's like a whole story arc that is fucking awesome you know that they like barely touched on at all you know they used it as a subplot for rogue to go on by herself yeah which, fuck you man that yeah no i yeah. Did, i was not a fan of that but yeah no apocalypse probably was my favorite one even though you're correct they did change a lot of stuff in it um but i did i enjoyed it so what about this this might be a little controversial and i know there's been a lot of them but what if we just Disney this bitch, cut everything out, basically from kind of where it's at with Deadpool, just leave it some of the references in it? Because did you watch the uh, the very, very, very end of it where Deadpool goes around and like monkey fucking in the, uh, in the past? Timeline, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like, couldn't we just like start from scratch? And we know that... Hugh Jackman is not going to be... He's not going to do any more Wolverines Talking anymore. about Daniel Radcliffe being Wolverine. You know that? Harry Potter. I... Uh, Which I'm not a fan of, but that the last thing I heard, they're talking about Harry Potter being... It's, he's just one of the names in the God, discussion. I hope he's not the bottom I think of the would, list. I mean, he's got to gain... That's some Tobey Maguire Spider-Man shit right there. He's got to gain 50 goddamn pounds to be Wolverine. Yeah, he's got to be stacked and burly. Hugh Jackman was, was almost too tall to be Wolverine. Like, he should have been shorter, but just mm. as massive muscular-wise as he was. Wolverine is supposed to be super short, you know? I mean, that makes sense. Really short For and, like, Wolverine. Just, yeah, just stacked. And then he goes on that um, 
that fucking that rage and the berserker rage that's what it's called berserker and, rage yeah and he's i mean he's like incommunicable for like several days at a time you know, i think that's a special move in marvel vs. capcom <laughs> Um, so God, I miss those games. I don't know. I told you before. I think that they should just reboot. I think that they should take X Men and let HBO make a series out of it, or let oh. Netflix make a series out of it, or something. Because I think that there's so many comics. Right? X Men has been going on for so long that you can start. Excuse oh me, my God! Season no, one, dude, you can't do with, this to with me. the OGs, right? With with the Beast and with Iceman and yeah. Jean Grey and Cyclops. You start with all them, right? And that's that's season one. And you go through like one big story arc with them. And then maybe season two, another big story arc with them. And then season three, you switch up the team. You know, Jean Grey and Cyclops and them are older. And the Beast is older. And so they're doing their own shit. And you bring in some more X-Men in that third season. And you can go and I'm years just saying, doing that. Every episode is Game of Thrones show. is essentially over as soon as the next season stops so we need to get some scripts going on we I need think. to get on the horn with hbo i think that's the best way to do x-men is in a serialized tv show where every <sighs> season is an individual story arc and every episode can almost be an individual issue you know dude i mean that's that that's every season doable. have a story arc Yes. But then every episode is a situation, you know. Yeah, because Dude, then you can have you can have one on. story arc that's like that whole X Men apocalypse. That's just one season. Dude, you, know? you heard and it so here first. Got, trademark. We can, you can't make this without paying exactly. us now. So you've got if you do it on HBO, you've got sixteen episodes probably. You know, to to play out the entirety of the apocalypse storyline. Dude, that's that would fucking be rad. so good. Like the, you know what I'm saying? Like I that's wish it super could be made sick. right now. Yeah, and at the whole time, because there's so many different episodes, you have enough time to develop as many different characters as are in X Men, just as in mm-hmm. our Game of Thrones. You it, know? it solves the movie problem because there's too many of the the X Men movie franchise. It's it's been rough. Yeah, and so if you just turn that into the TV show yes. and just start it from fresh, this this is the new one. Yes. Man, that's what you I'm got saying. me all excited for this, and now I'm really like, sad that's, that's not going to happen. That's how it should be done. I will and be I, interested to I'm keep an eye in that. on the future of X Men when it comes to cinema. But yeah, oh, there's a part—the one part um, of Deadpool two that I wanted to <laughs> wanted I to ask you about, um, and now I don't even know if you saw it because I think it's only in the super duper version when only Cable before. first shows up. Yes. And he comes in to those two rednecks in the field. Yes. Did they play the whole conversation about having shit in your in your beard and, and shit in your face? No. Okay. They just okay. talked about using wipes. Okay. So it starts out like, oh, man, I'm going to not do this right anymore. But it's it's essentially the conversation starts out by like you're wiping your ass wrong. You know, you're right, cleaning your, right. we're totally not on board with this. And then he goes off on this tangent about if you, you know, Think about it for a minute. Like, if you got some some crap in your face, it's in your beard, whatever, what are you going to do? You're going to go in that shower, and you're going to shower for, like, 30 minutes and scrub your fucking face. You're going to shave your beard. You're going to do all this stuff. You're not going to just wipe it out with a towel. Yeah, but when you use the bathroom, you just take some paper just wipe it off like a napkin. It's like, would you do that to your face? No. Nah. I just have thought that ever, was hilarious. Have you ever seen The League? No, I haven't seen the There's an episode in that where there's a guy named Rafi. It's got that 9-11 fucking fake <laughs> yeah, motherfucker yeah. in it. Um, 
And he talks about, I don't remember why they're talking about that, but he's like, if you get peanut butter in a shag carpet, you're going to use a paper towel or a washcloth. You're going to use a washcloth. Like, you're not going to just use a fucking paper towel. Just saying, just because it's the way we've done it for a long time doesn't mean it's right, people. We've got to rethink this whole thing, okay? This is wrong. We don't live in the Renaissance anymore, okay? Yeah. We figured we could do better. Uh, Oh, and then Joe Rogan was talking about that, too, the other day. Really? With... uh, he was talking about like a bidet and stuff like that. He's all about that, like the bidets and the, you know, whatever squirting hot water up there to, <laughs> to to keep you clean. You're funny. Yeah, I just thought it was funny. Time to evolve, people, baby. And so let's from that, let's evolve sports. into talking about sports. All right. Uh, do you want to go over our teams first? See, I just want to say before we do this. I've been getting, I've been working consciously this week on trying to come up with going back to decent segues again. Last week I was listening to the episode. I'm like, and now we're just going to talk about this because I can't, I can't pivot. <laughs> but yeah, let's talk about my team first. Okay. And you're going to tell me how solid a pick this is. Yes. So first we'll just say that oh, yeah. these are the teams for our fantasy league. The like you the. The league of five hundred and sixty dollars because it's a fourteen team league and we need forty dollars a person. Um, and Colin joined this year, and so yeah. we did the draft. Nice live draft at your yeah, place. Yeah, we did the draft last Sunday, the day after we recorded uh, the episode that you guys heard on Monday. And so we're gonna go ahead and go over our teams, and then I got some other sports stuff that we can talk about, and then we are gonna get the fuck out of here. Get out of here! All right, let me hear your team, buddy. My starting lineup. For next week. Yes. Quarterback, Terod Taylor. There you go, Terod. Cleveland Browns, because we're excited about the Browns this year. Snaked them from me. Uh, I got two running backs, Rex Burkhead and Alvin Kamara. So, New England and New Orleans. Uh, Wide receivers, Amari Cooper, Oakland, which I'm really happy about. I think uh, Jordan was just talking before, I think, Going to appreciate or something how Oakland's offense is going to be money. Um, so I feel good about that. I got Michael Thomas. That's um, a good fucking wide yeah, baby. Right there. That's what I figured. And then my tight end coming in clutch with the Rob Gronkowski. I definitely stole that pick like a round early. Well, I was like, dude, I want to get that tight end because I always want him and I never get him. And the cool thing about that, right, not only is it Gronk, but there is also uh, approximately fucking zero pass catchers in New England right now. Like, they don't have no receivers except for fucking Philip Dorsett. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They got Philip Dorsett. They got um, James White, the running back, who probably will catch some passes. Maybe Sony Michelle, who's the rookie there. Uh, Rex Burkhead, who's the running back, but he's gonna, he's not, he does some pass catching, but not that much, I don't think. Um, and then Rob Gronkowski. So he's gonna chuck to Rob Gronkowski straight up the middle, just like he does every year. Yeah. And he's gonna shake off four tackles and run into the end zone. And I am banking on an that. An enormous human being. Yeah. He so is ridiculously huge. Gronk is never a bad decision ever. And I got my two flexors are both wide receivers. Josh Doxson from West, uh, Washington and Kevin Funches, Carolina. Devin Funches. Devin. What did I say? Kevin? Kevin. Yeah, Devin Funches. My my uh, defense is the Rams D, which is going to be rough because they're playing Oakland first. Oh, that's fine. Your defense is going to do good. We'll yeah. talk about it more in my sports shit, but Aaron Donald just signed a contract. Biggest contract for – yeah. 
Biggest oh, contract. Oh, I forgot. He was holding out, and he, he just signed the biggest contract for a defensive player ever. So this is rough because I have an Oakland player for my offense, but my defense is playing against him. So I have and to root against... And the Rams, I don't know. the Rams just beefed up their defense, too, because they got to keep Tlaib in the offseason from the Broncos, who is mm-hmm. a fucking sick, nasty corner. They got Marcus Peters. They Again, they have Aaron O'Donnell. They got Ndamukong Sue, who is another... Uh, who's another defensive lineman. He's like the number one defensive lineman in the league. Um, do you know what other defenses are left open? I do right not now? know. You can go to the players page and yeah. we'll show you that. I'll have to um, find out. I don't know. Because I might drop one of my tight ends for another defense if I get worried about the Rams. Ride that Rams defense. All right, I'm going to ride nothing it. nothing with ride that shit. I'm going to ride that shit. There's so much money... In the Rams defense right now, there's no reason to use anything else okay. other than the Rams until the bye week. Very nice. Like, don't worry about quarterback playing your defense. Don't worry about that shit. Mm-hmm. That's, it's going to suck if he gets fucking sacked nine times, but it's going to look so sweet for your defense to have those extra nine points from all those sacks. So don't even worry about that shit. Word. When you got a defense that good, you just ride that shit out. Like, and then my, my kicker is the Rams kicker. Greg Zerling. Ooh, Zerling. Greg the leg. Boom. They call him Legatron. See, just from your reactions, I, was, I feel good about my draft picks Y'all motherfuckers thought I was so making good. that up. They really call him Legatron. That's, That's a awesome. Thing. Who you got on your bench? Uh, Tevin Coleman, running back, Atlanta. That's Jared Cook, Oakland, tight end. That's a good one. Uh, Mike Jusecki, Miami, tight end. Yeah. He's like my – he's – Right now, the first to to go if I if anything happens, and yeah. then Marlon Mack, Indianapolis, and then my backup QB is Big Ben. Yeah, Big Ben or Roethlisberger. Yeah, and you're just playing. You're playing to rod over Big Ben this week. Yeah, I got high Big hopes ben for Cleveland, man. I'm I'm I just I want him to I want good. him to have a good season. Do you watch Hard Knocks? No, you should watch Hard Knocks. Uh, do you know what that is? Yeah, I know the show. It's, what is it, HBO? HBO. Yeah, yeah. This year it's the Browns. I've heard. Oh, for real, for real. Yeah, I sure. might actually have to watch. That. Yeah, no, it's really good. They've done three episodes, I think, so far. Maybe four. Um, I feel like really uh, somebody I watch on the reg watches Hard Knocks. It might be Philly D. Philly D. I think he was talking watch about Hard that. Knocks. Okay. Yeah. yeah, Hard Knocks is real good. But yeah, that's my lineup. That's pretty good. The only thing, um, who is Tevin Coleman playing? Oh, they're playing the Eagles. Oh shit. And who's New England playing week one? Who's Rex uh, Burkhead playing week one? Houston. Playing Houston. Yeah. Shit. Those are both really tough run defenses. That Because Michael Bennett just signed with the Eagles in the offseason. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you have fucking J.J. Watt in Houston, Jadavian Clowney in Houston. Tyron Matthew just went over to Houston. Oh, yeah. Fuck. That's It'll tough. Be because I was going to say I might play Tevin Coleman over Rex Burkhead. But they're both fuck. That's a 1 o'clock game Sunday. Yeah. Mm. That's something to consider because Tevin Coleman is always worth, like, certainly flex value and sometimes running back too. Like mm. him and him and Devonta Freeman are generally pretty good. Like, I can't remember who it was, but Morgan and I were sitting next to each other, to each other during the during the draft, and we had kind of had this kind of unofficial like, hey, you know, here's some because she knows way more about football than i do so she's like hey if you know these are my my picks in these orders and stuff like that so just don't fuck me (laughs) you know but you know you can these are some good picks if you you don't know who to pick you can take a look over here you know trying to hook me up and i didn't know it 
because I had looked at it once beforehand and not later on. And at some point, I had picked somebody who <laughs> was on her list that she fucking... What the fuck, man? You just <laughs> fucked me. I was like, I'm sorry. I don't remember. That's hilarious. I can't wait to play you now. Although, so, she's probably going to smash me in the face. She kicked me out the playoffs last year. She's good. Yeah, uh, she's we'll nasty. I drafted strong this year. So, we'll see. This, this is my roster here, right? So, I got uh, Alex Smith at QB for Washington. And Melvin Gordon, Leonard Fournette, Larry Fitz, Jarvis Landry, Delaney Walker... Royce Freeman out of Oregon, mm. baby. Pac-12 Russian leader. You know what I'm saying? Get him. Robert Woods. I got the Falcons D because I do so – I'm big into streaming defenses and kickers, right? I'm a huge matchup guy. Like, so I'll wait until, like, my last pick to pick a defense, and then I'll just find one every week that has a good matchup, pick that motherfucker up, and use it, and then drop it next week and find another one. Oh. Like, that's – I am. And it's not a good strategy for everybody, but if that's something that you like do and then have success doing, there's no well, problem. People doing that. usually once people get a defense, they don't fuck with a defense very often. I like that's a good approach. That's, yeah. So I just do that. I wait until waivers close on Wednesday, you know, and Wednesday morning, whatever defenses are available that I don't have to wait for, then I'll just pick one up the hat. You know, it used to be whoever's playing Cleveland, that's the defense I'm going to pick this week. Hmm. That's who I'm going to pick up and I'm going to use because Cleveland's going to lose. That They're going to lose. Sense. They're going to be all right, you know. <laughs> Maybe not this so, year, motherfucker. Exactly. So now you just have to kind of wait until a game or two has happened and see who's terrible and and then we'll move on. Uh, I have Josh Lamb was a kicker. I got Deion Lewis. I got Marquise Goodwin, Aaron Jones when he comes back from suspension. I just picked up Keelan Cole because um, Marquise Lee for Jacksonville fucked up his knee and Ooh. is out for the whole season. So their one, their wide receiver one is gone. Who my mom picked up. Sorry, mom. Fucked you. Um, but so I picked up his backup, Keelan Cole. Looks like he's going to be the new one, number one wide receiver on Jacksonville. Um, and then I got Muhammad Sanu. Um, and I feel real good about all of this. Mm. So like I didn't, I didn't, I didn't pick anything other than wide receiver running back until like round six or seven. Yeah. You were pretty much super duper deep into it. So I got mad talent. So, and we're in a big league. 14 team league is hard. Like the, the waiver wire is thin now. So any of y'all motherfuckers want some quality players, you have to come over here. Coming, son. Yeah. Uh, and I have to play my wife week one, which is really <laughs> unfortunate. So we'll see who wins. I love that, that shit. Um, I think that we have an even record. Like, I think you might have beat me last year week one, and then I beat you that other week that we had to play because um, I had Will Fuller and, and whatever else. The sick, nasty. That was, that was the week that Houston played – Seattle. I got to look at, because uh, I'm playing Isaiah oh. first, third in Brooks. I want to see. Yeah. He's got Philip Rivers. Oh, my God. Philip Rivers. Yeah. David Johnson, Jordan Howard, Keenan Allen, Golden Tate. Uh, is Golden Tate still? Golden Tate is the number one wide receiver in Detroit Still for sure. killing it, huh? Yeah. His floor is high. Do you know what that means? Floor? Floor and ceiling. Um, so I mean, floor and ceiling is a term in regards to like scoring potential, right? So, so his lowest potential is pretty high. Consistently, he has higher numbers than whatever. Like his ceiling might be pretty low, but his floor is pretty high. Like he's going to. Yeah. Well, he may have caused some problems and stuff while he was here. Golden but, Tate. Yeah. Did he? Was Yeah. He was the guy that was kind of causing a lot of problems, uh, right? I don't know. That was a long time ago. I can't remember. I, I used to play, pay way more attention to college ball. Yeah. Than, than NFL. Just in the last couple of years, I got into NFL. But, I mean, regardless, while he was on the Hawks, I remember him delivering pretty well. Oh, I mean, yeah. Golden Tate's real good. Yeah. So, he's but getting a little bit older now, but he's still Jack really good. Jack Doyle. 
Pierce Gar- Gar- Garkin? Gherkin. Garkin. <laughs> Pierre Garcon. Pierre Garcon. Oh. Be- oh, wow. That, that was great. You such know what? A cultured, such a cultured man says Garkin. Uh, Garkin. <laughs> oh, my God. I feel so bad right now. I love that. Yeah, Shoot Pierre Garcon. Oh, Pierre Garcon. You know what's funny? <laughs> Somebody was, we were talking about that during the draft. I was like, oh, yeah, that's Pierre Garcon. I was Pierre like, Garcon. I mean, I know. Did he used to play for the Hawks? No. We used to have a Pierre on the. Um, maybe we didn't. Pierre Garcon played for Washington. Okay. Um, and now plays for the Niners. Oh, well. Anyways. He's got the Ravens D. That's a good defense. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting game. I think we're, I mean, it's. It's a tight, uh, you know, just in the projected points, it's a pretty tight race. So I'll be interested to know who takes that first victory in the in the in our first matchup. Yeah, I would love to deliver a uh, a nice little defeat to somebody. Well, I am here to fucking win. I am not fucking around. So yeah, I mean, you're you're ready to like just destroy your pregnant wife. This is going to be bad. Poor Jordan, man. She's going to cry, and it's, I'm going to feel terrible. I almost hope she, like, stomps your dick in the dirt, though. <laughs> I'm just glad that's being recorded for when I win. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love so, it. So, not next episode, but the episode after that, we'll see how that first game turned out. Because um, yeah. next Saturday will be the day before all the big games, because um, mm-hmm. obviously that's that first Sunday. We probably will go to Azteca that day, because they have happy hour in the bar all day on Sundays. Nice. So you guys should obviously go to Azteca with us next Sunday, and it will be sick as fuck. Azteca yeah. and Silverdale. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. You just sit up in the bar and usually stay there for maybe like half a game, you know, depending on what the game is. If it's the hockey game, I'll probably stay there for the full thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's anything else, I'll probably stay there for a half. And then I'm going to have to get out the old uh, digital antenna again and see if I can get some cable going. Damn. Because otherwise, actually, I don't know. Does Sling TV have sports? Yes. And also PlayStation View is how I do it now. PlayStation Ooh. View. PlayStation has their own thing. Um which is, excuse me, essentially the same thing as Sling, but I feel like I get more channels. It's a little bit more expensive, but it's mm-hmm. and I that, I get Red Zone through there. Okay, so I watch you just you just buy like a sports package, you know, and mm. you get like whatever one. So I got some some games through Sling, but definitely more through PlayStation View, and I get Red Zone. Because you want to know one of my favorite things on the planet? What Sunday morning, getting up, cooking breakfast, having some coffee. Sit down and just I drink coffee and about till halftime during that first ten o'clock game. Do ten o'clock games happen like right off the bat? Right at ten. Okay, okay, sweet. No, I mean like do they as soon as the season starts? Oh yeah, they don't. Okay. Oh yeah. Good, 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 good. Football ignorance over here. No, you're good. Um, but welcome, yeah, that's like my back, favorite baby. fucking welcome thing, back. man. Getting up on a Sunday morning, just sitting there watching football, drinking coffee, eating breakfast. Oh, yeah. So I can't. My. Oh, I can't wait. My best day, Colin, and I have told my wife this numerous times, right? My best day ever is Sundays during football season when I go to work for a couple hours. I wake up early and I go to work for a couple hours. I come home. I'm home by 10 so I can sit down, make sure I got my lineup good. You know what I'm saying? And I sit down and watch the 10 o'clock games and... Jordan makes breakfast and mm. I fold laundry and I fucking I have chocolate milk and then I start drinking beer. Chocolate milk. And then we go to fucking Azteca and then I come home and I finish laundry, do some fucking bullshit for the podcast. Like that's mm. that's my best day. That's a good <clears> Sunday, bro. And I can't wait. I'm so excited that 
I'm going to have a baby for playoff football and for the Super Bowl. And I get to do those things. Like I get to have some of those Sundays and Saturdays, like, like with my baby, you know, oh, where dude. I get to have breakfast and like hold my baby at the same time <sighs> and then fold laundry and do all that shit. Like, dude, that could be that's, a thing. That's the best. Well, yeah, I think you talked about that last week. Yeah. I think it was on the cast. Yeah. It was like, you know, when the kid starts getting older, it's like, all right, well, do you, you got two options. These are the two things that are happening on Sunday. You either yep. hang out with dad, watch football and hang out, or you do some work with mom because mom's it. always hustling. Yes, and that's exactly how it will go in our house. Is you can sit on the couch for nine hours with your dad, and we can do stuff around the house and watch football, uh, and probably go to Azteca and meet up with the boys, you know, mm-hmm. or at the fucking arena or some shit, and meet up, you know, with your uncle Colin and Trent and and David, and we'll you know get some beers and do whatever. Yeah. And I'll say this on the podcast right now: whether or not you know we can't control fate and all that stuff, but I mean this time next year. She will either be pregnant or be will be in the process of trying to make her pregnant next year by this time. Stamped. Regardless, it happened on the podcast. It's September 1st. So, it's- so yeah, if it hasn't happened, then we just had an interesting night last night, a year from now. Vitamin C and, uh, and the fucking the maca root. You know what I'm saying? Maca root. That's what I did. Maca root, vitamin C. Seven. Are you crying? Oh, God, she's crying. That's thousand, adorable. Thousand milligrams of vitamin C a day okay. and, and some maca root. That's yeah, what I, I mean, do. you guys are our first. You guys are the <clears throat> test case, man. I got to learn some lessons. <laughs> Is this like a surprise to you? Or are you like, oh, for real? Don't okay. ignore. Don't I told you it was going to be sooner rather than later. I guess I just hadn't put a date on it. Don't ignore your impulses. That's That's the only advice. Yeah. Just do you. Fucking, I feel, okay, do you ever watch Rocco's Modern Life when you were a kid? Okay. Oh, my God. That was yes. like my favorite fucking show ever, and I have it on DVD in my house. Oh, my God. Still to this day. Yeah, I got the entire, what yeah. What the fuck? I, I have a thing, like, um, before we get into that, uh, I have a thing about, like, some of my favorite cartoon shows growing up. Yeah. Like, I have a ton of DVDs of the old Looney Tunes. Yeah. Like just, a, you know, original Looney Tunes. <laughs> what I the want fuck our, is this going? I want this kid, to, like, I want my kid to grow up watching the same cartoons, some of them, the That's, same cartoons that I watched. That. And, uh, yeah, see, we're like-minded individuals, dude. But there's a That's why you're the episode, godfather to my baby. Boom, baby. <laughs> and I think, yeah, there's an episode of Rockwell's Modern Life where the turtle character, Filbert. Yes. Amazing lounge singer, by the way. Um, I love that's like one of my favorite episodes. But he has this thing, thing like the uh, turtles. You know, they have that instinct that comes in to return to the island of their birth to go spawn and all this stuff. Yeah. Well, it's like, well, maybe that's happening right now. My my just had to come home. Yeah. My paternal instincts are kicking in, and I was like, this it's this unnatural force of nature that's saying it's time. Well, and I'm sure You're now, 31 that. years old, it's time. Well, I'm sure now that it's so close to you, you know, in the form of us having a baby, you're like, like, yeah, there's babies in the house. Like, regardless, we're going to have kids anyways, and I don't want them to be separated that far in in years. You know, they got to grow up together. Right. You know, your kid's already going to have a one year advance. So he's going to be, my kid's going to be looking up to your kid. And so that's not a good, (laughs) our kids, anything like I was, that's not a good way to be. But see, you're. Older and wiser now. Now, yes. <laughs> you can teach your son the ways of the force or your that's, daughter the ways of the force. That's what I'm hoping. Find out on the 10th what it is. That's, uh, yep. that's so real a week quick. From, a week from Monday, we will know 
So in two episodes. And we got names basically picked out, right? Yes. In yes, reserve, ready to roll. Yep. yep. I'm we excited. Are, just in the wait. I think so. We've kind of had names picked out for a long time. But Colin Jr. <laughs> no. I don't want my kid to be named Colin. CJ either way. I have Colin never Jr. been Carolina very Jr. fond of my name. Really? Yeah. The only time I've really taken pride in it is kind of once I became adult. What's your real name? That's so you're a not secret. Share that on the podcast. No. All right. It we'll starts with P. And if you guess my, uh, you can probably find it somewhere online. Now that I think about it, is it Pierre? Because it is if not. so you should know Pierre Garcon's no, name. I ain't no frog. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll tell her. It's Price. Word. P R I C E. Price. My name is Colin Price Offenbecker. And there it is. And it's Offenbacker, not Offenbach. I don't know, man. Come it on. It's lost to history, bro. Everybody says it different. <laughs> I have two middle names. That's why all of my children will have two middle names. All mm-hmm. the boys in my family have two middle names. You want to actually, I don't want to just blow his name in on the podcast, but Don I know a guy. James Patrick Phillips. Very nice. Just That's strong. James Patrick Stuart. That's what it should have been, but I guess we Named had to change it. Named after both of my grandpas. Oh, very nice. I like it. <clears throat> We're not doing anything like that, I think. Well, with middle names, yeah. <clears throat> but anywho. Enough baby talk. Yes. We could wrap it. Oh, wait. We know you got more sports. I got, yeah, just I'm going to hit these list of sports things. Um, I got to be really paying attention to this now because it's going to – My there's money on the line things here, are going to matter to you now. Yeah. Uh, there's almost $600 on <laughs> the line. Not that they didn't matter before. Yeah. $560 tax-free, baby. So – so I'm saying next year, if there's enough people, we're going to have a listener league and y'all motherfuckers can send me money and then we'll play for that money. Um, Which is not illegal gambling. We're not doing it. No, like that. no. Absolutely not. That's just friendly barter between yeah. friends. Um, <laughs> so hey, Just because we talked about it didn't mean we do it. It's not illegal. <laughs> right. um, and when we're not doing it, quote unquote, then <laughs> we'll talk later. We may or may not be doing that. Yeah. That's, it's a non-cash cash league. <laughs> right. <laughs> Venmo me, you know Ven- what I'm saying? There you go. <laughs> so the Raiders traded a wide receiver, Ryan Switzer, to the Steelers. Uh, Marquise Lee, like I said, the wide receiver for the Jags. He is having season-ending knee surgery. Sorry, Mom, because um, I picked up that motherfucker's backup. The Lions, damn it, I should have looked up an article about this, because when I did the other day, there wasn't anything there, right? But the Lions signed a D-end Robert Ayers to a one-year deal, and the very next day cut him from the roster. Whoa. And when I looked it up, the GM like had been asked questions and refused to answer any questions, like just completely ignored them. So like when I looked it up two or three days ago, it was Robert Ayers, A Y E R S. Um, so when I looked it up the other day, I couldn't find anything as uh-huh. to why that happened. But um, it was the Jordan's dad is from Michigan. He's from Saginaw. Saginaw. Uh, yeah. And so he obviously loves the Lions. And so we were out to dinner when I saw it, and I was like, Kevin. Excuse me, what the fuck is up with that? And he was like, oh, no, no, they didn't do that. And I was like, no, no, no. I'm t- it says right there, like on the TV. Like, they cut him. And so I couldn't figure out why. But <clears throat> but fact check, I, if Jordan can't find it, then I'll try and. Mm. Yeah, so I'll look again on Tuesday when I listen to this and see if there's anything there. That might pop um, up over uh, Philip DeFranco, too, some, at some yes, point if it comes out. Maybe. Sometimes he catches uh, those. Yeah. Uh, Odell Beckham, right, signed a five-year, $95 million contract with 65 guaranteed. Um, and that's the largest contract by wide receiver. I mean, even past Antonio Brown and all that shit. Wow. Uh, <clears throat> the Ravens traded linebacker, 
Ooh, shit. Kamale Coria, I think. They traded him with the Titans. He was a second-round pick in 2016. Mm. Um, so I didn't see what they got for him. Probably some draft picks. Uh, the Seahawks signed Tyler Lockett to a three-year $37.8 million extension with 20 of it guaranteed. So that's always nice to see Lockett yeah, standing around. That is good. Um, <clears throat> the Packers also traded Brett Hundley to the Seahawks for a 2019 sixth-round draft pick. So we had, we had Magoo, Magoo. and... and Austin Davis, and I think that that means they probably both will get cut in the coming days if we just traded for Brett Hundley, who was Aaron Rodgers' backup. So, I mean, that's, well, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I mean, fucking, I mean, you saw Magoo play the other day. I mean, he was on he point was all right, and, but, until yeah. there was pressure, <clears throat> and yeah. as soon as pressure came on, he folded. He yeah. can't deal with the pressure. He and cannot the be are, that. The Seahawks yeah. are always under pressure, constantly. Yeah, like, constantly. Ever since the bowl, people are out to get us, you know, yeah. and now that we're not <clears throat> we are certainly not an undisputed number one in our league or in our division, you know? That's yeah. like shit's gonna be real tough out here. Yeah, so. we're man, we're in a tough division. Yes. Who all is in our division? <clears throat> the Cardinals are in the division, the Niners are in the tough. division, and the Rams are in the division. Rams. All three of them. Um I mean the Cardinals are the easiest win out of all of them, but they still have David Johnson, Larry Fitz. I mean, they have some good players on there. And it didn't Sam used Bradford, to be. I mean, they used to be pretty tight they have sam bradford now because carson palmer retired last year and sam mm. bradford last year was the most accurate quarterback in the nfl Oof. which is weird as shit yeah. you know <clears throat> but if he can stay healthy then yeah he can be really good um so after they traded brett hunley the packers also signed aaron Rodgers to a four-year 134 million dollar contract with over a hundred over a hundred guaranteed <laughs> over a hundred million dollars guaranteed dude. yeah Aaron Rodgers is four years. I like Aaron Rodgers though. Yep, for the most part. Some, yeah, I don't know. The Jets, that weird thing about his family, but yes, super weird about his family. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. The Jets traded Teddy Bridge to the Saints. Their uh, their quarterback, which is weird because I mean they're going to start Sam Darnold now, who's their rookie quarterback they just got this year. Hmm. Teddy Bridge looked good, um, and it kind of looked like they were going to make a play for Khalil Mack, who's a D end. That was holding out for the Raiders. Um, there was a couple of teams that it looked like they were going to try and make a play for. Because when I was listening to Colin Cowherd the other day, he was talking about the best time to Cleo Mack was holding out from the Raiders because he wants a shitload of money, right? Uh, which he's worth, but it's the market just is not in a place where defensive players I prioritized, right? Yeah. So. <clears throat> So he's holding out to get more money, but they also have a new coach there who doesn't really give a shit about what he wants because he's starting a new team and like he's kind of doing his own thing now. Yeah. Uh, so the best thing to do is for a team that has a young rookie quarterback who's on his rookie deal, they're not paying him shit to go out and buy expensive pieces while you have the cap room to do it. And the yeah. Jets were one of those people that you could trade for Khalil Mack for some draft picks and then trade Teddy Bridge for those draft picks that you just traded away and be in the same spot with Khalil Mack and sign him to a big-ass contract because you don't have to deal with Teddy Bridge and Sam Donald's on his rookie contract his first year. You know what I'm saying? So he's not making shit. So, mm -hmm. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. So Teddy Bridge got <laughs> traded to the Saints. The Browns linebacker Michael Kendrick, he, he was on the Eagles last year when they won the Super Bowl. He... Just got charged with insider trading. Oh, um, actually, yeah. And he don't got, see that one pop yeah, up a lot. He is facing twenty-five years in prison Ooh, for insider trading. That's some so heavy white-collar crime. I will follow that as it develops. Um, you so mean he's not going to get an 
a little ankle bracelet thing like Martha I Stewart got? I don't know yet. Because uh, he got a little over... Fucking Martha Stewart. Yielded a couple million dollars um, from the wow. insider trading. So so it depends. But he's been charged and one other person too. I don't remember who it was. But It's like, um, do your professional football player and you got to do that? What I'm saying. On the Browns with that guy... Carl, whatever, who's telling everybody how to use compound interest to make all this fucking money. They got, they got a guy, <clears throat> you'll see when you watch Hard Knocks, Carl Nassib. That's his name. He's a tight end for the Browns and he is trying to tell everybody about compound interest on their money so they can put that shit away. That's then, amazing. You know what I'm saying? He's like, he's like, in seven years, you can double the amount of money you put into this account if you get one with a high enough interest rate. And nobody understands, but the motherfucker is, Making crazy money by just letting it sit and not yeah. spending all of his money. You he's going to do his career. He's going to get out and be set for exactly. life. Exactly. And so that's exactly what he's doing. So that's the way to be. You yeah. Know? So the next thing that that's I have awesome. here, Khalil Mack, that D-end I was just talking about this morning, I read that he got traded to the Bears. So wow. not the to Bears. any of those people, but to one of those teams that they have – Mitch Trubisky, who this is his second year in the league, so he's still on his rookie deal. They have Mitchell Trubisky. I know. <laughs> they only have, well, I'm Shrice. I'm Shrice. No, I just said you know. Mitsubishi. Um, Mitchell. But, yeah, and so he's still on his rookie deal. They only have a couple other big pieces. Like, there's not anything super expensive there. So they have the room in the cap to go after Khalil Mack. So that's what they're going to do. They traded Khalil Mack for, the package includes two first-round picks. Which is like, Khalil Mack, last game, last year, had a five sacks in one game against the Broncos. Like, guy's nasty. You know Ooh. what I'm saying? Khalil Mack is absolutely sick fucking nasty. Damn. So, the the Bears defense instantly just went up another tier. Like, they are abs- uh, immediately on another level by having Khalil Mack there on the pass rush. It's going to so, be, a, God, it is going to be a good season of football, I think. Yes. Which it's is very cool. interesting. It was cool because I'm excited to see what the Raiders do with those picks because now that they have John Gruden there, they got a new head coach. Yeah. He's trying to rebuild a little bit of shit and see what's going on. Mm. Um, and so the last thing I have after that is Aaron Donald, that guy I was telling you about that's on the Rams defense, the D-end. He just signed. He was holding out this whole time, right, because he wanted money. He just signed a six-year, $135.87, million contract, 87 guaranteed. <sighs> that's $22.5 million a year. A Dude. <clears throat> but this is his third season. He is already an unquestionable first ballot Hall of Famer. Third season. So he's worth the money. Oh, yeah. And that's exactly why he's holding out. And he's got degrees, too. This guy's mad smart. Aaron Donald is mad fucking smart. So he's... Yeah. I love to see that, man. That uh, that Larry Fitzgerald type of... Yes. Mm. There was a player who I can't remember, but fact check. I'll look this up on Tuesday. There was a player who in the offseason, he had his doctorate. Right. And he was playing professional football. And after the study came out about CTE, when what 109 out of 111 people or whatever had CTE, you know, fact check that yeah. too. But, um, he quit the league. He's like, I have too much potential in the education that I got to continue to risk CTE on myself. Like, yeah. So I'm done. I'm moving on and I'm going to go and be a doctor now and not play football anymore. That sounds like a very smart decision. Yes. So, wow. <clears throat> yes. To be able to do that and get like your doctorate while playing football. I know. Good Lord. Yes. Because, I mean, you don't have to. You that don't have to do anything. That means that he's going to school while he's playing football. Like while he's playing professional football, he's going to school. You he's like, yeah, I just play football to play for college. Yeah. <laughs> to pay for college. Can you? God. 
Ever, can you imagine they? Because uh, I mean, you have to go to a, a university, I would imagine. But like, there's not many doctoral candidates that are playing university ball. No. And so here's this professional going for his doctorate at yep. some college. But can you guys? Can you just play for our team? It's like, yeah. bro, I work for the big boys. No, Get out of here. That's yeah. crazy. <clears throat> and he's on my D. Yes, he is. Now he is. Yep. Just got signed. Yeah. Garcias. Nasty. So that's it. That's the last thing that I have for sports. Beautiful. So. Are you gonna are you gonna read the line this time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna I'm just trying to pick one here. Um that's I'm sorry, you looked super pissed off at yourself oh, yesterday so that upset. last week. But I it was gold, man. It it was hilarious all in itself. Great content. But I mean, after what twenty nine of these, are you getting low, or do you have to like go no, back rewatch I keep, stuff? I keep rebuilding. Yeah, nice. that's right. I I'll build the list up to like eight or nine, and then kind of we'll take a break and watch something else, and then I'll go back and I'll rebuild the list back up. So you know we'll have to watch that show for like a couple of days. That's and, awesome, and get some good lines. Um, so, uh, all right, Colin, you ready? I'm oh I'm ready. Okay, so. You you listen to me and you listen to me good, okay? If we don't eat this kid, we're gonna die and you know it. <laughs> the fucking high stakes. 